<laughs> shit. How do we how do we start these things again? Okay. 16 hours later. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Mill Surp World podcast, the podcast all about military surplus. Uh, I am your host today, Danny, and we are joined by uh, Aaron, Jared, and a uh, special guest, uh, Michael or Mike, you go by Michael or Mike? Michael. Michael, okay. Hi. Yeah. So Hello. Say hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, well, uh, I guess we could uh, do some round robin to start off with recent purchases before we get into the topic, which uh, it's going to be pretty short for me. I think I bought like one gun since. Oof. Yeah. Aaron's holding up a goose egg there. So. Yeah. Oh. Two and a half. Two and a half. <laughs> two and a half. Half a gun. That'll yeah. be an interesting one. He okay. A, he bought a barrel action. Yeah. <laughs> Just a frame. Yeah, I got one on the way, but two currently recently. It's so. a okay. of a gun. That's what it is. What he's it's a purchased. It's an ad online until it reaches me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Pretty much. Yep. Yep. I got some on the way, but I'm not counting them. Next, next podcast, I'll talk about it. I don't. I, yeah, I wouldn't count them because, like I said, what if UPS loses it? Yeah, I know. Why I'm really kind of, excited. Like, I'm, oh, I'm man, really worried because it's, it's kind of widget. it's kind of an uncommon gun. For like a pretty good price, so I'm kind of worried. See, mm. I got one. I bought a 1913 sour. So, from your possible honey hole, local honey yes. hole. Yes, yeah. the place that Danny dreams about going and seeing, even though it's very small. And in an store. That's <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's your small uh, honey hole. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> they uh, like it's an Ace Hardware store, man. They give you. They give you the guns in a bag that says Ace Hardware. It's awesome. <laughs> Although this one, they asked me if I wanted a bag, and I was like, I can just put it in my back pocket if you guys don't care. Like, yeah, we don't care. It's pretty good. Funny you say been to an Ace Hardware. That was also an FFL. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun. I don't know. You can get, like, wheelbarrows and guns. This is the helpful hardware and gunplay. One, one time I was driving through the middle of nowhere, and we stopped at a gas station, get gas and some snacks and whatever, and they had a gun store inside the gas station. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that. It was just weird, and random, but uh, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. You, your sour 1913, you got a good deal on it. I know. Mm-hmm. I did. And uh, I don't know if you want to say the number or whatever, but I think, I I think it's tree, a good deal. I got it for Tree Fitty. Tree Fitty. Yeah. Tree Fitty. That's, that's, it's an early one, too. So, what was this? Yeah. Uh, it's like 34,000. Okay. Yeah, it's before. It's, it's 34,000 and some change. Mm. I think Danny said it's a second variant. I don't know. It's yeah, it's a second variant. Yeah. yeah see, nerd. Sour. <laughs> I like sour pistols. I want to get into them a little bit more, but I keep kind of getting pulled into other stuff. But uh, I'm, I'm surprised of all the pocket pistols I have. It has, it's the, it fits in your hand and all the controls make sense. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's kind of not, I don't want to say the cliche of ahead of its time. But uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty good. It's not like it's not a terrible piece. Kind of tubular. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, especially like looking down the sights, it's just like a big. You just see like the big oval of the of the yeah. tube. Uh, yeah. So kind of one too. Uh, I see them at shows every once in a while, but they're always buying some glass like that. So don't don't usually care to ask just to hold it. So the strange thing about this one is it still has the fire blue. So the safety and okay. the. Uh, the top part where the sights are, it's actually fire blued still. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh so Michael, what mm-hmm. what you got? So recently 
I got a Type 30 Arasaka um, with its mum intact. Uh, that was oh, a big sure. one. Um, that one came out of California. My my brother was actually the one who uh, tipped me off on it, and I called the uh, store from there. So pretty good deal. It's a mixed master, um, but it still has the mum intact, which is very, very... Other than Type 99s and Type 38s, it's actually very uncommon for the Type 30 because most of them were so early and went to schools. But this it's, one... Uh, it's 90% of the value. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mom's 90% of the value. All, all, all air soccer collectors know that. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a $1 rifle and everything else. I mean, mom. I, there was a guy posted a Murata, and I was like, does that have a mom? No? No, it's useless. What the fuck did you buy Don't matter. For? And then the other one that I got uh, a couple days ago was uh, I'm finally fulfilling some of the uh, Italian collection that I've been looking for for a while was a 1915 or a Beretta 1915 in the 9mm Glacenti. So I'll probably never shoot that one unless I load very underpowered 9mm. And then on the way, what's that? I'm thinking of the other Beretta, the the submachine gun. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's on the list uh, for one day. On on the list for one day, um, and then on the way is its slightly younger brother, the nineteen fifteen, nineteen seventeen, and thirty two ACP. Uh, yeah. Slight slight upgrade in the in in a sense for caliber, uh, but both of those were used uh, by the Italian army during World War One specifically. So two uh, one of the- two but- two guns are really fulfilling the uh, collection because they're very. Very hard to find for some reason. Yeah, there's a, yeah. There's a Beretta at the store that I go to. That's I think it's a 1919. Yeah, you you see a lot of the 1919s because they were post war. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the Navy used them like interwar, post war years. Uh, the 19 the 1915 slash 19. That's what it is. Yeah, you see a lot more of those, and there's a few more 1915 slash like 31 and 32 which were very early models of the 34 and 35 you saw during World War II. So really filling those, those areas of the collection right now, uh, as well as an, uh, an original World War II Italian flag is on the way. So kind of fitting that. What kind of flag? It's just a standard like crest, of Savo- like the Savoy crest on I mean, the like, Italian. Uh, so like flag? Like a full flag? What? Like no, a, it's a full size. Like a, like a flagpole flag is what I'm thinking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I- uh, it still has the original like maker mark like hang tag on it too from the actual company that was in the business for like until the 1990s. So that's cool. Yeah, apparently they were fresh off the press back in during the war, and they were picked up by GIs and brought home as souvenirs. But they were still fresh off the press, like probably didn't even get hung up on a pole at all. Uh, but they took them home as prizes. So this is one of them. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I don't know if it's just uh, people I've run into lately or not, but it seems like Italian stuff is kind of getting a little bit more attention. Yeah. All the imports. I don't know if it's due to the imports. Like, yeah, like Aaron just said, I don't know if it's due to the amp- imports specifically or it's just the price in general. Minus so it's cheap. I mean, minus- it's, it's just, uh, you look on the subreddit for Milserp, you look on Facebook. Yeah. Every other post is a Carcano. And it's all the main, all the main milserp dealers classic rti everybody they all have carcanos right now because it's the cheap import so or i even saw one at cabela's the really weird that it's really weird to see m88s are super common right now (laughs) really 
Well, that's because it's one of those. It's one of the big hauls from the Ethiopian cash from RTI, and they were stupid. They went on sale uh, there a couple times where they were like one hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars or something like that. So yeah. who knows? You would see. It would be like, oh, that's pretty hard to find. An eighty-eight ninety. Uh, nope, not right. Not now. anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of for a long time too. Like you didn't really see many mosquitoes or um, any TS carbines or anything like that for not really any any big on the market. But when the new imports came in from both Italy and Ethiopia, like it just blew up the market like no other. Like uh, some of the carcanas I have are pre that time, so like they don't have import marks or their earlier import. Um, but now, now, like you said, every other post you see on Reddit or whatever Facebook group is a Carcano or something. Yeah. <laughs> Which I feel like that is a kind of a good segue into our topic for the day. Uh, uh, so the, the idea for this topic I got from uh, a guy reached out to me on Instagram, uh, Brendan. Uh, he, he basically asked the question of how might young guys get into the collecting market? And uh, so that's what our topic is going to be today break it down into a couple of categories, but um, starting it off with uh, knowledge, because knowledge is power. And uh, I would say, I think we could all pretty much agree if somebody is deciding, say you're starting off with zero mil serps and you want to get into mil serps, knowledge is the first thing you have to get before you're going to look at anything or even think about buying anything, which is, you'd be surprised the amount of people that don't do that. So it okay. sounds common sense, but <laughs> yeah Sorry. if we you don't out. like you don't have to but if you want to actually mm-hmm. do it the right way and not get burnt that's the right way to do it yeah, yeah. Some, they just want the one gun and they don't care that's about it you know yeah yeah there are some people like that they just get one or whatever like my wife and i were just talking about that because like somebody i think we we're talking about somebody who had like five like five mil serps and we were like, wait, is that, is that a collector? Is that a collection? You know, because yeah. it's like, because uh, some people only want that. But it's, you know, is, is that a person's definition of getting into the collecting market? Maybe that's all they want. Mm-hmm. I, wish, I wish that's all I wanted. I have, I have a disease. Um, but uh, so pretty much gaining knowledge. Now, I'm kind of I'm guilty of this. I'm going to say it's, it's hard for me to gain specific knowledge of a certain gun before a purchase. And I know that's not wise, but uh, for it's really hard for me to try to learn about like, oh, well, I guess my recent purchase, it's not a Milserp. I bought, I bought a Colt, like a vintage, like uh, early 80s Colt rifle. And uh, they, I didn't really know much about them. I saw it. I didn't do any like beforehand knowledge, you know, research about this. I just saw it, did some searching on, you know, sold listings and kind of saw that it was a really good deal. So then I bought it. So I kind of fall guilty in that. And now that I bought it, then I am like more motivated to do research on a specific, you know, firearm. And now I know a lot more about it after I bought it. Um, I've just kind of learned that I do that a whole lot. Um, like even like my broom, broom handle red nine didn't know much about broom handles at all before I bought that thing. I just knew it was a good deal and I should get it. It was original or whatever. So I bought it. And then I sort of afterwards, the 35 M. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Thirty-five M. The first. Yeah. The first one. I yeah. Go back and get it because I was like, yeah. "Are you a dumbass?" Well, sort of. I I kind of I was driving through Idaho and I had already left the place when you were like, "Buy it." I was on my way to Washington 
And uh, so, that, but on the way, like driving back to uh, Utah from Washington, I stopped in, in Boise. That was a good, that was a good shop. I wish I could go back there. But uh, <clears throat> so yeah, knowledge uh, probably. So the, the, the thing about trying to get knowledge, I would say beforehand <clears throat> is that it's hard to learn everything because it's very easy. Like I know somebody who likes to say, like read a book, like if a new person's asking a question about a gun or whatever, I know, I know Aaron knows who I'm talking about. He's just like, read a book, just buy a book, read a book. Oh, you want to buy that Luger? Then buy a Luger book and, and read, and read it on, you know, on Lugers before you buy that gun. Yeah, but the gun might be gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you never know what you're going to come across. And I think a lot of times with people, it's just about what happens to come up. And most people don't know everything about everything. So when that certain thing pops up, you know, you could, you could get in your mind that you're going to learn, you know, you're going to, I don't know, get into like German stuff or whatever. And then you come across an Arasaka, that's a good deal. And then you don't know anything about it because you, you focused on something else. So, um, it's kind of hard to do that research beforehand. I think that really just comes from being yeah, a lot of in the hobby for years. Coming from experience, though, uh, like it is experience. A lot of that is just like, oh, yeah. how much does a a Milsurp rifle normally run? You know, how much am I willing to pay? And, and and then if it's coming in below that amount, then you're like, oh, that is a really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely. Sorry, go ahead. It's definitely experience and just checking the market too. But if if you're a new collector like that, like you may not have that ability to get a book or whatever, maybe because maybe that book is $350 and it's out of print. Exactly. (laughs) Luger's was Luger's was the, was the one in question. Like really the only good Luger books out there that will tell you information are either out of print or they're an exorbitant amount of money for the new collector. Um, so there are a lot of books out there that do help, uh, but they're not going to go into the details, the weeds that you would want to know prior to purchasing. Um, biggest thing though, is just know enough to be dangerous really when it, when it comes down to it, like don't be the expert, but know enough to know like, Oh, I know the general idea of serial number, these parts, they look like they're this time frame, So it may be correct, whatever it may be. Um, that's really what you can do as the newer collector. If you don't have the resources, uh, the internet's great nowadays because you can look up all that stuff. Yes, some of it may not be true or maybe misleading, but if you're truly passionate about it, you can dig deep or dig enough to be dangerous. You know, something else to bring up along those lines is you may not be the one who knows, but you might know someone who knows. So, in the 1913 example, it was it was 350. I'm like that seems low, but I don't know. I asked Danny. Oh yeah. Hey. What's the deal with this? Like this is this right? Is this wrong? Like this feels low, and he's go back in there and buy it right now. Mm-hmm. That was immediate. Like, do not even think about it. Just go pay the money. It's like, oh, okay. We'll we'll talk about it on the way home. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, fine. So, even if you don't know, you probably have some friends who do this because you'll make friends and they'll know. Yeah, that that's a great plug for like the Discord community that we have and everything. Yeah, that's fine. Or. Yeah just any Facebook group or people that you are comfortable talking with and everything. Uh, I know my brother, I talk to him constantly about stuff like that back and forth. I talk to the guys on discord back and forth, whatever groups that I'm in sub forums, internet, everything like that. There's someone out there that does know that you can reach out to. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I got to say, um, 
Reddit and Facebook groups are going to be pretty dang hit or miss, especially if it's something really, uh, really niche, you know, niche because you, you, you'll post on there and probably 80% of your replies is going to be just Reddit, garbage. Yeah. yeah. Check out this meme. Yeah. Yeah. So but, but uh, if, you, if you end up getting hooked up with some people that you're friends with that can like that's that might be your avenue to get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I knew somebody that I used to reach out to. Apparently, I bugged the shit out of them, and I can't reach out to them anymore. Yeah, so that's true too. Do that, do that, and uh, do it, in, you know the the right amounts or whatever. But <laughs> don't care about being bugged the shit out of. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's a so I guess that's a good a good little tip here is to get into the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're looking at collecting, get under the collecting community. You know, meet some people, get to know some people that you can ask questions and. Uh, yeah, that's probably that's a that's maybe slightly even more valuable than owning every single book in the you know in the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, now the now the the pros, I guess pros and cons of learning after, like I kind of said, is that you know it's riskier when you buy, um, <clears throat> but it's it is far less boring. At least in my case, it is far less boring to learn about a gun if it's like abstract. Um, I mean, if there's like one that you super want, like I wanted. I really wanted a French 1950. So mm-hmm. I did all the research beforehand. But uh, you don't always know what you want. A lot of times it's like what you just happen to come across at a gun store or gun show or whatever. Um, so obviously, if you know what you want, then, you know, research on that one thing. If it's, you know, if it's pretty, if it's pretty uh, small sort of thing. But uh, if it's or a broad topic. At least a, another thing to go into that is uh, community as well as like... Uh, focus as well like if you can have a focus like i love american military surplus or i love whatever insert country insert type of action rifle pistol whatever it may be that may also no uh but that may also help you uh (laughs) uh focus in the area of where you want to go down and then also allows you um really research that area or join that community specifically versus just getting a shotgun blast of everything so, yeah, yeah. Join that specific like if you're into US or you're into Swedes or whatever, join a specific like group just for that. Instead of just like uh experts out there too. So Yeah, yeah, there there are. Yeah. Who are actually trusted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fairly some of them are fairly accessible, you know. Um so okay. Knowledge. Anyone have anything before we go on? Knowledge is power. Information. Information is ammunition. Uh, that's that's for my people that that are fans of the 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 uh, BattleTech cartoon show that was short lived. That was their slogan. Information is ammunition. That's good. Thanks for that throwback, Aaron. Yes. All right. Short lived cartoon show. <laughs> so so now for uh, for the people for the young guys that might be looking into getting into the collect- collecting market. Uh, I think you have a question to ask yourself, uh, which you might not know, and that's fine. But you want to you, you want to kind of try to figure out what type of milserp you want to get into. You can get into non guns. We we talk about guns here mostly, but I mean we could talk about you know other things. Like I have a good friend who yeah yeah, yeah 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 like uh, like Sam. He just he collects a ton of bayonets primarily. Um, I have a good. Yeah, he well, he collects like a specific type of uniform. Like I think just like 
just a couple, but like I have a, I have a good friend who lives uh, local here in KC and uh, he collects the uniforms from like all around the world. And he has like a bunch of them and he, he knows like fabric and, you know, camo patterns and all that kind of stuff, which is, which is pretty neat. So you can do stuff like that too, but firearms specifically, you know, you got the, the, the question really kind of, um, you know, rifles or pistols, if you're talking about military, um, and then, uh, era genre maker and country, um, is probably kind of the big, the big splits. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, caliber too. yeah, you know, I don't know a lot of people who start off collecting just based on caliber. I think when you get into collecting, like I, I would bet like most people that are like six, five sweet, you know, nuts or whatever, which I met a couple of those at Tulsa. They were, they were pretty funny. They like you might have somebody that is into firearms but has not started into Milserp collecting and then they and then from them they're like, Well, I want something yeah. of the caliber that I already shoot or that Yeah, have. maybe. But as yeah. a young guy getting into collecting market perspective. Okay. Yeah, you don't really know because a lot of the calibers you haven't shot yet because you're not in that market yet, so or in that community yet. So caliber could be a little bit out there just because they may not even know. You know? Cheap. 6.5. And available. Yeah, cheap available. 6.5 is great to shoot, but you've never shot a 6.5 because all you shot is 30-06 in your life. You just don't know right. it yet. A 6.5 Creedmoor. <laughs> PRC. 6.5 PRC is the new, apparently. The kids are going crazy. <laughs> Man. I just need to bring back 6.5 Swede. I wanted an AR-10 chambered in 6.5 Swede. <laughs> uh, AR and what 6.5 Carcano <laughs> yeah 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 that was funny I'm trying to get I'm, t- I'm trying to get that barrel for my M1 and 7mm but I'm on the list to get a 6.5 Swede M1 barrel so really it's on my like yeah it's on my like long term project list to do um 8 by 50 oh there you go yeah I, I will sit here and I will tell everybody and I'm leaning into the mic so everybody hears this is I have never once said that that was a great action or a great caliber or a great round. I've never once said this. Would you I, say because what? Like a mule? Gaddy. <laughs> 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 this guy's great. <laughs> it's like me. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> with him. <laughs> yeah, who who is this guy? <laughs> <sighs> Like the homeless Othias over here. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have flannel. What the hell? And a hat. It's coming in hard. I like it. No mercy. That's good. A little, little milserp roast. Yeah. Good. Oh, that was funny. Where were we? <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, uh, uh, types oh. of milserps to get into. I didn't even, I didn't like, so caliber that we were just talking about, I didn't even think about that at all, unless you just like happen to come across a, a stash of cheap, whatever caliber and then mm-hmm. collect stuff in that caliber. But probably for the most, most part, they're not going to have a, a caliber um, bias to, to begin with. I think collectors pick up those after you buy a few or whatever. That's um, it. That come second. So you might think, so quickly talk about if you want to get into rifles or pistols. Um, I, I was a big rifle, no pistols for a long time. And for some reason, something, a a switch happened and I've just gotten, gone into pistols. Uh, I don't know why, but, uh, but that sort of happened to me, but 
kind of decide which one you want to do, or maybe both. It's a lot easier to collect pistols. It's a lot easier. Right, that's a lot smaller. <laughs> it's a lot easier to take ten pistols of the range, or to move with you know to move with pistols versus you know all rifle collection or whatever. Um, that's a big that's a big plus over pistols. But I always feel like you know it's kind of weird. It's it's interesting how many like handguns and rifles are like the same exact price. Like uh, you don't get like a discount because it's a lot extra steel and wood in a rifle, but it's not like it's substantially more money for all the extra like wood and steel. I don't know if that makes any sense. But uh, numbers versus what's on the market, man. Yeah, so you kind of maybe I don't know maybe there's slightly more utility in a Milsirp rifle than there are in handguns because a lot of the handguns are pretty dated. Especially pre-1945, I'm talking about specifically, like, maybe shouldn't carry to trust your life on for the most part. But, like, you could get, just, <laughs> you could just get, you could get, like, any Mauser made by any country, probably, and just get ammo for it. And you have a good ranch gun, going out to the woods gun, truck rifle, or whatever. You know what I mean? I feel like there's more utility in, in, in a Milsurp rifle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely more utility because, again, bolt-action rifles are still common today, hunting, all that stuff, where Milser pistols, like, I'm not going to take a, I'm not going to take something out for self-defense or to go kill a snake or something like that on my on my property or something like that. I'm definitely going to take something different than that. I would, uh, I would say it's akin to, like, a rifle is more like a car and a pistol is more like a motorcycle. It's like, it's like, one, well, they're both they're both accomplishing the same thing, but one is ve- much more niche in what it's trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, like when I when I lived in Florida, out in the out in the country, I could I could carry a rifle with me around. I shot a rattlesnake in the head one time with a K98K at like huh. fifty yards or something. My wife saw it. Um, I shot you know a lot of hogs with uh, with my M1 M1 rifle, US caliber thirty M1. Um, so I think there is some some sort of utility there with rifles, maybe over pistols, but sort of pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It seems like, I don't know if this is a thing, it seems like a lot of the higher end, like old collectors that I meet do mostly pistols. I don't know if you guys have run into that too. It's a, it's a lot easier to store. I can see that too. With, yeah, easier to store as well as like you can, usually you can find pistols in a lot nicer condition too. I feel like. So you do have those people who are pistol collectors because they have the most pristine examples while rifles more utilitarian to where um, you can use them for everyday things where pistols are only brought out for the circumstance, uh, certain circumstances. So well, you also, yeah, that's a good situation point too, where pistols for a large part were especially world war one and some of world war two. It's like you were allowed to bring your own. So you're not going to treat your own property badly. You know, so the, yeah, that would make more sense that they would be in better condition. Plus, mm-hmm. they're not generally issued to the average grunt. So then you're you're going to have officers who are going to take better care of them. Yeah. So they're not slapped heard... all the time for whatever it may be. The blood pitting that you see, the pu- the puddles of blood <laughs> uh, that blood you see. Channel the blood channel <laughs> on the bayonet. So I so I heard this. I've never had it like verified that anybody that that knows. But I heard that in World War II, GIs were allowed to carry captured pistols. I mean, don't, I don't know. Don't know if this was true. So like uh so like an American soldier issued just a rifle 
if they came across a German pistol, cool, they now have a sidearm, or before they didn't have a sidearm. And it does have, you know, having a sidearm does have some value. So, uh, I mean, it was obviously prized to get a Luger, but that's like the same situation as well, is that it was a lot easier to transport home a captured pistol than it would be a rifle, you know? Yeah, they did send a lot of... I think it was free. It was either free or pretty cheap, because I know they had, like, the C-47s or whatever, like, whole planes that did nothing but send guns from Europe back to the United States. Primary mail transport, so... Yeah, yeah. But I mean, on the note of, like, them carrying it as sidearms after that, I mean... I can definitely see that because on the front lines, are you really going to care what you have on your hip or is someone else thinking. what you have on the hip in the thick of it? So, and they went up against, oh, sorry, go ahead. sorry, Aaron, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. <laughs> they went up against the German army, which was very pistol heavy. So they were everywhere. Like MG one, MG two carry pistols. Mm-hmm. So the guy in the front had a pistol and two guys in the squad had a pistol at least in every squad. And it wasn't just like an officer thing. Like MG1 and MG2s were not officers. They were just regular dudes. Yeah. And the officer and the sergeant had one. Yeah. The Ushas yeah. had them. Like it, it, it's, they run into a lot of pistols where like versus the Japanese army on the other side of the world, that was an officer's gun. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably going to get chastised for saying that, but it, for the most yeah, part. No. You got to be yeah. wrong about something every yeah, podcast. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to pick this one. Yeah. Let's pick this one. <laughs> Fuck it. All right. <laughs> Jackson <laughs> has many fucking pistols versus the Germans. I'll die on this hill. All right. <laughs> uh, but like that, you know, they're more available to them was kind of the point that I was getting at. Yeah. I have a, it's either P38 or a high power holster, German World War II soft leather, not like the hard one. And it's been modified to go onto a GI belt. So like the back of it. Has like the, uh, the, the like the cloth or canvas piece or whatever with the little metal dangly bits on it. <clears throat> I don't know, like the American hardware setup, but it's been modified for that. And uh, somebody's theorized that uh, a GI did that during after the war, so they could they could wear the pistol on them because it was permitted to wear captured pistols. Hmm. I don't know if it was permitted, but I don't think anybody would. Back oh yeah, or, or unofficially, yeah. yeah, yeah, unofficially. No one gave a shit. As yeah, yeah maybe shoot. more like that. <laughs> yeah. Shoot, yes, here's a gun. The only reason why I could think it would be a problem would be just ammo availability. Like nine millimeter was not the go-to during World War II or World War One for the U.S. Well, it was for other countries. So ammo availability would be the only thing I'd I would see that they would would be of concern because after all those battles, I bet there'd be a lot laying around. Yeah. One yeah. stick mag of 30 of nine mils, 32 rounds. Like, yeah. But it's the fact that now you have to go collect it yourself versus it being supplied to you. They're Americans. They're looting the shit out of everyone. Okay. It's my birthright <laughs> to burn gasoline in my V power. destiny. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just hit all the buzzwords guys. <laughs> yeah it's kind of interesting i know it's a i know it was like it's against the geneva convention or whatever but i know like we brought back fuck like civil like silverware and shit like from houses and everything we brought back 
everything. We said this major battle. What are we going to do, guys? I don't know. Let's go take all their shit. (laughs) My dad was in Vietnam. There was a, a, a mess sergeant in Vietnam that would pay bounties on AKs and SKSs, and he would smuggle them back to the U.S. Hmm. That was in 69, 70, so it's like, you guarantee that shit keeps going on now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We just rolled over this town. What are we going to do, guys? I mean, that guy's got some cool shit, and he's dead. (laughs) So I'm going to go see what he's got. Like, maybe some of his buddies. Who knows when they got stashed? Pistol. Yeah. I was going to carry this pistol. (laughs) Those loot stories are interesting from like uh, from vets when you talk to them. Um, I know a Vietnam vet and he I can't I don't think he brought home. a. He brought home just like random stuff. Oh, he brought home a South Vietnamese flag because he thought they would lose. And then the South Vietnamese flag would be worth a lot of money or opposite North. Brought home a North Vietnamese flag. I was thinking of Korea. So I did to get that backwards again. Korea has two. Vietnam. He brought back the flag that won in Vietnam. The North. North. And because he thought, yeah, so he thought that would be worth a lot of money. And so, uh, so he was like, fuck, I would have brought home a South, a South Vietnamese flag. I would have known that. Uh, mm. I, would uh, still his, think, I would still think North Vietnamese would be more expensive. <laughs> or worth more. Just because they're, quote unquote, the bad guys. So I mean, it also, I think the, the flag itself changed after it became a single unified country, so... I don't know if it did or not. I, I saw a supposed vintage North Vietnamese flag for like 60 bucks at the last uh, collector show here in Kansas City. I don't think they go for as much. It's hard to tell because like they didn't have like a set production or whatever. It wasn't like the Germans. And I also heard like post-war or like during R&R, like they had a lot of repros made for GIs to bring back home as a souvenir in a sense. So they're fake made there over in Vietnam, but they're fake for oh just, yeah yeah just, those are what xp stores or something like that xo or x something did that too i'm pretty sure i was gonna say that happened in uh in germany hardcore after world war ii a lot of the places yeah. like the like the metal metal makers just kept making them after the war for for souvenirs and those yeah. in oh, they didn't care yeah yeah it was the same, it was the same um because i've seen i've seen like north vietnamese flags that were clearly like post-war fakes that P- that GI still brought home, uh, but later down the market, uh, secondhand, they were sold as originals. But yeah, yeah, that's tough. That's how you get people walking around with. My dad brought this Spanish Mauser home from World War Two, and it's yeah. import, <laughs> and it's import marked, and it's in yeah seven sixty one, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the last of the three here that I got are budget picks. I know we could probably spend a bit of time on this one, but uh, budget picks, which we're just going to say is under 500. Uh, this is for pre-1945 guns. Um, I have just four kind of picked out here, um, which I'm kind of surprised. And it's it's going up there to five. But Swiss uh, 1911 rifle and carbines. That's I'm still first finding. One first one I was thinking of was K11s. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You can still find, I'm surprised, like on Simpson, on their website, they're still popping up under 500 fairly often. Even yeah. uh, which uh, Edelweiss still has them mm-hmm. yeah. frequently for under under five. Yep. Yeah, I think and, they're the two most prominent for Swiss rifles right now. And yeah, I see them all the time for under 500. Yeah, they're good everybody. Rifles. Yeah, the, yeah, they're great, great quality, great shooters. 
everybody just kind of wants the K31s. So I think that like, especially the K11 is like, cause like, why would you get a K11 if you could get a K31? Cause the K31 is more accurate and longer barrel and shorter action and everything lighter. So, uh, so that kind of means that you could, you could score, you know, a 1911 rifle or carbine for, uh, for under 500. Yeah. The only problem would be ammo availability really. Yeah, which is kind of kind of kind of be a chronic issue with all of these uh, here. Uh, the next one on the list was going to be Carcanos and Italian stuff in general, which is just uh, what, what's the quote? Uh, Sur- or, Surrender all hope, ye who enter here, for Carcanos, because <laughs> you will not find Big Five Carcano right now. Yeah, no ammo, but great niche to go down the rabbit hole on because they are cheap. So. Yeah, they're cheap. Yeah. Tons of variations. You could, uh, I mean, you could try to, yeah, they're, yeah, the carbines are real tiny, real, real tiny, like just 18, under 18, like 17, just under 18 inches. Because I, I saw recently a, a, a Carcano that had a barrel extension on it yeah. because it was imported back in the 60s or whatever when, it, when the barrel length was uh, 18 inches. Isn't there a switch so, like uh, that, Danny? Yeah, M94s are that way. But I, yeah, but I came across a Carcano that was that way. It was a Bavarian police used Carcano. Oh. I should have bought it, but uh, yeah, I had a barrel extension on it. They're all, they all have barrel extensions on it uh, because of when they were imported. Was it just like the M94 to where they just welded on a few centimeters? I think so. I think so. It looked like it. Yeah, it looked kind of crude. It looked like it was slightly bigger in diameter than the barrel, so it kind of like went out at the end a little bit, but yeah. Um, that was interesting. So it's pretty collectible. I'm sure Frantic would ag- would agree that uh, Italian stuff in general is kind of undervalued. You could score you one of those, whatever the six five Carcanos. I can't remember all those numbers that the six five Carcanos are called. The eighty seven, eighty seven slash ninety four slash eight fourteen slash twenty four. Yeah, the Veterly. Oh, <laughs> what did I say? Carcano. Oh shit! Yeah. No, the six five Vetterlies. The Vetterlies are yeah, sorry, are different. Yeah, I mean they are. Yeah, yeah. I don't know with the uh, the action. Vetterly <laughs> Monlicker. Ooh, actually, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so those are cheap. Those are uh, those are jack- when I find those like people. I'm potentially explodey, but whatever you know. <laughs> yeah, which that's a myth. Frantic is fighting against. We need to have him on one time and talk about this. <laughs> Because he's he's fighting. We'll, we'll, Apparently, there's we'll, nuance. We'll load some six point five and in, into the peak peak velocity and see what happens. So <laughs> he he reloads and shoots his. So we'll have him on. We'll we'll save this one for we for a future a guy in in one of our group chats, Danny, that shot commercial six five out of his Vetterly. Um, oh, Zach did that. Yeah, he's not dead yet, but like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we were going to hear about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna split that he's hair. Still alive, I think. Some of it actually has to do with bore diameter. And the projectiles that you use. Like I said, I, Frantic knows all about this. And he was getting into like the nitty gritty, the bore diameter and reloaded yeah. and that's whatever, whatever. There's lots. I'd, li- I'd like him to, uh, to, to talk about it because he's, he's the big Italian well, collector. It's but it's not going to help matters that seeing Arsenal had two blow up. Yeah, yeah. So this is, again, this is his crusade because anytime he talks about it or shows off his rifles, people post that video and say, <laughs> rifle going to blow up. See an arsenal done, don't blown up two of theirs, and so that's his. That's his like pet peeve. It's almost one of the most common things that people post about the Lee Navy too. It's like, 
Oh, you got a Lee Navy? Yeah, yeah. Watch out! It killed a it killed a guy. I'm like, but okay. <laughs> did the guy have a sight hood on his? You, uh, yeah. You motherfucker. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know, man. You weren't there. That's the kicker, Aaron. No. Yeah. I had, or not. Guy, I had a guy get on to me today because my M95s didn't have sight hoods, and I'm like, what the yo, fuck, what the fuck? <laughs> not, not a collector, not a true guy. Or, not good. Or yeah. slings. Bullshit. <laughs> Kicking like mule whatnots. <laughs> All right, here's another one. Last <laughs> ditch, last ditch type 99s. They're fine. Mm-hmm. They're fine. Tomatoes here's why I say that. Fence post. Fence post. What mistakes? would give a rifle to someone of his own nation, expecting them to shoot other people who are aggressors to that nation and have it fail. No one. Uh, you know why? I'm talking That's a stupid idea. Germany. Michael, no? I need to know why you're making that face. The Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> all that, I know all that comes from the training rifles. Mm-hmm. It's true. Wait, yeah. hold on. Are you saying that the same... People that misinterpreted the knee mortar. Yes. To actually <laughs> think that you should launch a, a mortar off your leg. Off your knee. Yes. They got oh, something God. else wrong? Yes. What? Yes. <laughs> Mind blowing, I know. <laughs> yeah. But I've seen I've seen quite a few cheap uh last ditch type ninety nines with scrub bums. It they're seems still- like they're like the step like this just redheaded step kids at these gun shows because you'll find them and just kinda nobody really wants them. They're pretty common. Neat thing is, like, they're all bringbacks, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're all, they're all bringbacks. Like, everybody There's... loves talking about bringbacks, and it's like, oh, is that a bringback and whatever, whatever, and here's my, my gun for sale. It's a bringback, and, but it's like, but then, yo, all Arasaka's are bringbacks. You, know? you get the guys that are like, no, nah, capture gun. <clears throat> it's a capture gun. It's like, yeah. Well, I mean, no all, they're all capture guns. <laughs> all the Titan 99s that you see that are... Um, last ditch in a sense are 350 to 450 right now at the most um anything over that's not selling but again it comes down to ammo availability so that's just hard to get into that but if you are the perceived perceived uh quality too because yeah, they're rougher yeah. looking that, that they are. that's going to lower the price they are yeah. and so let's say you got two on a table one's four like 354 and the other one is 657 one is a shit looking POS Last ditch rifle. One has all the Gucci shit on it. Which one are you gonna buy? I'm gonna buy the one with the Gucci shit on it because oh, it's gonna be worth more money long in the long term. Like, but it comes back to starting first topic we were talking about today. No, oh, buy the capture gun, man. <laughs> Yo, you you cheap? Buy the capture gun. Like, you po capture gun. <laughs> but Danny, I'm gonna have to bring it back to if we're talking if we're talking. Uh... Ammo, ammo availability, it is still non-existent. Yeah, but I feel like talk you get into it. I, I got like, you. Okay, more companies are making <laughs> 6.5 Carcano on paper than 7.7 Japanese. Yes. But I, you're going to have a pretty equally hard time on finding either one of those. I yeah. wasn't disagreeing. I, I'm saying that either one is you're going to be difficult. But that You'll, you'll, the you'll find the I'm sorry. Five. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. You'll, you'll find the 6.5 Carcano is just do you want to pay the price when a box costs a third of the rifle? So, or you get the surplus stuff, which is kind of click bangy. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Aaron. Go ahead. I don't remember what I was going to talk about. Typical. It's okay. Goldfish. Goldfish. What? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> All right. Next. The rifle everybody loves or loves to hate. 
I'm Ozen. Mm. They've gone up. They've I mean, really gone like, up. They're, they're getting pretty close to that 500 range. I don't think you yeah. can get a fin for under five. No, yeah. not a good fin. But but you I can get like you can get like a Chinese M44 or like yeah. a 9130. Sorry, are you under 500? 53. Yeah, about 400 for average price across the board. Yeah, yeah you're right, Aaron. It is a Type 53. It is. Yeah. Maybe you can try to buy a Type 53 and you'll luck into something cool. Like a Romanian or Hungarian. Fifty-threes are usually beat to crap. That's why they usually are. And and the Chinese stigma of quality um, in the in the U.S. market is gonna is gonna keep those depressed for longer. Um, the yeah, I like Chinese guns, man. The stigma. I think they're pretty neat. Is the problem. Yeah, you know, it's going away with uh with Mausers. Dude, Chinese Mausers have shot up. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. I like I that one. I've seen more of those recently, like just random people posting about it or talking about it. Uh, Chinese Mausers, especially C96s or some sort of variant, some Bolo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those two. But like rifle wise, um, I just recently saw it was like a uh, one of the German contract uh, K98Ks for the Chinese. And uh, it, it just sold on Gunbroker for like two grand or three grand or something like that. It was like rough. And I was like, what? What in the world? Um, that, and I saw a couple other, like, uh, Shikai Sheks that mm-hmm. sold for, uh, for like, in the thousands again. Like, it just is, like, what? Like, those just kind of exploded out of nowhere. Um, I, don't, I don't really know what's going on with those right now, but probably, is it the, is a little bit of, the, is this a little bit of Ian effect, maybe? Like, with his book, like, his Chinese That's- Warlord's book? I mean, there's yeah, always... But- there's always a little bit of that. Yeah, I agree. But again, that's people who are in the know. But I mean, everybody can access YouTube and Forgotten Weapons for the most part. So, yeah, I don't know. But I think you're going to get a little cross pollinization where you get like guys into Chinese warlord pistols and then they go into Chinese Mausers and whatever, whatever. Maybe. But that's yeah. something that's something kind of interesting. I would say they're still too uncommon to to be a an item that could be affected as much by that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's still very new very you don't you don't see warlord pistols out there unless they're in a private collection somewhere typically uh with the exception of a c96 because those were actually contracted out but those weren't really warlord in a sense but uh yeah definitely the the chenkai check mausers and all that stuff uh that's usually what you'll see on the market yeah and then here we go uh aaron you you mentioned this earlier uh random military 32s (laughs) pistols yeah yeah, pistols. Yeah, I, I, I actually Danny's really into them, and every time he's brought it up, he's like, "These are so cheap," and I'm like, "I don't understand." Yeah, they're all they're all there. They're all legit military contracts. Mm-hmm. I yeah. would even add to that um, Spanish revolvers, Spanish made revolvers for like uh, they made them for like the French and shit. Oh but yeah. The the store yeah. that I go to, they have like nine of them. Like, why do y'all need this many high bar pistols? They're you know. Um, they're in like thirty two twenty, which is basically eight LaBelle. Um, it's not, but it's close. Uh, <laughs> but they had a bunch of them so along the same lines. Like, I I don't want these, but that's cool. I'm sure they have uh, like two or three of them that are really rare too. Yeah, I just, I just saw one. I just looked it up. It's sold, but it's uh, it's a Spanish made, uh, Smith and Wesson clone in eight millimeter French ordnance. And it has capture papers where it was brought back by a USGI during World War II. What did it after say? World War II. 
like four hundred dollars or something. It was it was cheap. It doesn't have the price anymore. But yeah, but see, yeah. the thing is that the, the the market just isn't there for those. Yeah, but yeah. if you want to collect a bunch of cool shit for cheap, yeah, start. either yeah, is a good place to start. Spanish copies, Spanish military copies. Yeah, what's the nineteen thirty fives? Aren't those still pretty cheap too? The French guns? Yeah, they're, they're oh, yeah, above, they're above five hundred. Yeah, they're, they're six to seven uh, on condition. Yeah. What about the S's though? Yeah, S's are a little bit less. Um, but I mean, generally, they're probably hovering right above the five hundred dollar mark. Mm. I um, guess it's been a little bit since I got them. It's the ammo for the thirty fives, thirty two. Was it thirty two French long or thirty? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. thirty two. Um, it's just the ammo availability for that as well. So 32 ACP in general is a little bit more doable in a sense. Oh, if I had to collect any of those, I would, I would agree with Aaron, the cheap 32s. Mm-hmm. You can buy 32. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was telling, and there's so many, I was telling Danny too, like anytime I've ever shown anybody and even non gun people, like a video of the slow-mo of the Frommer, the stop. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, it's just like that's so cool. Like it's a you know a, a neat action or anything like that. That's just thirty two. I mean, it's thirty two hot or whatever, but whatever. That's yeah, 32. yeah. That that pistol was real finicky. I had to go through a few different brands before it would cycle with one. What cycled I, with S and B? I almost got a thirty two or a Frommer, uh the other day. It was a actually a German contract one. Um but it was just just a little bit over my price range, so that one went for like I think seven, seven hundred or something like that. Oh, a little man. bit. I would have, I would have done it, man. I would have bought that for seven. It was more the fact that I just completely forgot about the auction too. So oh yeah, <laughs> one of those in there. Yeah, I, yeah. Minutes. I had an alarm set on my phone and everything, but I missed it by like thirty minutes. No, that so, sucks. Yeah, I think it went for like seven eighty. I think, and with the my recent purchases, I wasn't able to to cut it. I don't think. Yeah, that's kind of tough, especially if you live in a state where you got to pay the tax, the sales tax with your gun gun broker purchase. Oh yeah, my in Virginia, I'm looking at fifty to sixty bucks extra on top of shipping, on top of the gun to pay for taxes, and it's it's killing me right now. Yep. Yeah, that sucks. Luckily, man, Missouri, good old Missouri. I don't have to. I don't have to pay that. No, you do. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to pay it, Danny, but they just don't charge you up front. <laughs> They'll always no. get you. No, I bet you you're legally supposed to pay it. <laughs> Yo, it ain't my fault. <laughs> At the end of the year when you file your taxes, I bet you'd be like, oh yeah, I definitely bought all these things online and I definitely am <laughs> going to give you extra money now, see? <laughs> Stuffing hundreds in the bills. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, what? Do you have another stuff, something next? No, that was my last uh, per, under I, 500. I still have some honorable, fives. honorable mention, though. Turk Mausers. That was going to be one of my oh, Turks, yeah. They, they just like Carcano's recently, like, I haven't seen a Turk over 350 in, in that actually sold in years. Well, also the 88s. Mm-hmm. And then ammo, probably and, the best ammo. And... and and you can there's, shoot. There's people buy, There's people making the bolt heads for the 88. Oh, for 88s. Oh, that's yeah. A big deal. That's that a is a big deal. deal. I was going to say, if you get a Turk uh, Mauser, it's invulnerable to the hot uh, mm-hmm. Turkish eight millimeter, so you don't have to worry about 
Because you never see Turk Mausers with their stocks cracked. Yeah. So, yeah. therefore, they they have a magic aura around them that protects them. The kind of like Superman's cape. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or the Gavari D8s. Being, being Turkish, it gives them a, a special aura that protects them from the hot, from the spicy 8 millimeter that they, that they shoot. So, <laughs> what would you say, Michael? It's K98's kryptonite, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. If... If it's sitting next to a K98K, the stock <laughs> might crack. Just in the in the same room. Yeah. You had to keep them separate. So like yeah. prom dates. So I had to discuss with, this with Danny. I still don't consider the M95 a beginner level, so I wouldn't that's why you're not seeing me recommend it. Uh, that's going to almost require you to be uh, a reloader and that's not I would what I would consider a beginner level entry thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have, if you're requiring somebody to reload, I don't think you can list that as beginner, even though the average price range for the M9530s, M9534s, and 8x56 R is, is between three to five right now. I still don't see that being a good start for somebody, but I mean, it, they're somewhat commercially available ammunition for it, but you have to have clips. You, you have to have like certain items. I, uh, similar to the Carcano, I don't. The Carcanos are still so much cheaper, though. That's that's the that's the big difference I have is allowing the Carcano is that because RTI was selling them for like ninety nine dollars or something. I'm just like, oh man, yeah, man, just roll the dice, yeah, right. Just buy five, whatever. And you know? honestly, if you're going to get if you're going to get into reloading, so let's say you bought an M ninety five, right? And you were like, I'm going to get into reloading and I'm going to have this. You're going to have as much money in this stuff to reload for it as you are the rifle. Yeah, be prepared. At least your first one. Be prepared for that, yeah. Yeah, at least your first one. Because you ain't going to have brass and you're going to have bullets and you're going to have none of the stuff. I yeah. just I just exclusively shoot the Nazi 8mm yeah. out of my M95. As you, it yes. kicks like a mule. Yes. It stopped it. Hey, you guys got extra. See, if I own it, then it's not as big of a deal. Yeah. It kicks yeah. like a... It's like a Nazi mule. I still put it as intermediate level because the reloading components are much more common. When you get into like uh, (laughs) expert level would be like original 8x50R because that means you're buying, you're you're having a modified ammunition, you're having stuff. Just don't buy an original 8x50 M95 if you're going to get into it. Get one on 8x56. Right. Danny, Danny had one in 8x50 and he's like, what do I do with this thing? I don't want it. I can't can't reload for it so i got i got a long rifle an 8x56 the the extra whatever purity of an 8x50 doesn't really do anything for me i'd rather have the shootability of the yeah i got yeah. i got one an 8x50 and i got like 30 original ones from 1900 um that i want to try out one day but yeah i have plenty of 8x56r and two rifles with that so yeah um, yeah, my my eight by fifty was more just to fill the hole in the collection, and I actually had thirty to forty rounds available. So I said, Why? So. "Yeah, that's like you have to like chrono that when you when you do originally shoot the, the original ammo because <laughs> chrono it and then maybe pull a couple and weigh them and weigh the powder and do all that for science." I feel like the the other ones I'd recommend, and we always we always harp on this. I know we bring it up every time. South American Mausers. Uh, seven. They've gone up. Seven million. I, still, still I, I purposely did not mention South American Mausers anymore. Because mm. this is what I did. I disagree. Because I went. Eighteen ninety five Chileans are still under five. I don't. I haven't seen. 
Not recently. I haven't seen one under five anymore, man. The last Argentina they're like six fifty. I see. Yeah, they're like they're like five six plus. Yeah. The reason why could be is condition. A lot of them you'll find in nice condition, and well, build quality's better too. To the, to the new collector, when you see your when you see one in nicer condition, they're going to go for that one. So it's driving price up, possibly. I don't and know. there's too there's too many assholes on YouTube talking about how great they are. So yeah. well, the prices amazing. have gone up. See, the funny yeah. thing was, I wasn't going to recommend one in seven six five because seven six five is just not available. It really, yeah. I mean, it's 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 PPU or you're basically it's PPU. Yeah, so, but, but seven millimeter is still pretty common. But the cheap, the cheapest second mil guns you're going to get are like the shit Brazilian ones. I, I don't mean out. that. We're starting out, remember? We're right, starting, but we, we, the 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 same tier here is the ninety nine dollar Carcano. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the, the cheapest three Chinese, you know, we're like the the Turkish Mauser. Yeah, we're all shit tier. <laughs> no, I know we're shit tier, but the shit tier seven mil Brazilian guns are still over five hundred bucks. Uh, yeah, the nineteen nineteen oh eight Brazilians are over five hundred. You might luck up and get a, like a rough, pitted, rusty, dirty like eighteen ninety four. But like then thirty two conversions going over five now too. The what? The thirty out six conversions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're over five. They're like there's five. I haven't seen this really in a long time. I yeah, I haven't seen too many of those. Now that I think about it, is what I was thinking of. Yeah, I, no, I haven't seen too many ever. Yeah, 1895s. For some reason, there was like a period of like seven or eight months where like seventeen or twenty something people I saw had gotten a hold of some one of them, and I'm like, where did this come from? Yeah, yeah, eighteen ninety five shot up. I swear, it's been like uh, like a year because I went to Tulsa. And you could, you, I could have bought like, I could have bought 12 if I wanted to for like 350 bucks a piece or something like that. Those were all gone. And every one I see is over $500 now in selling. Like I saw one sell in front of me for $650. That was a, it was a nice 1895. Yeah. So like I was just looking through all my South American ones, trying to think of one that's under five now. And I just couldn't, I couldn't think of one. A, a year ago or a year and a half ago, I'm like, oh yeah, 1891s. No problem. Would wouldn't even bat an eye. Like eh, four hundred bucks, maybe six fifty for a yeah. shitty with no crest. It's it's weird. That's yeah. yeah. That's probably the one you could luck up, luck into the most. Is probably yeah an eighteen a no crest eighteen ninety one. You could luck up and find one for under five. But I feel like reliably under five, it's it'd be kind of hard. And honestly, if you do buy it, just buy it. Wait a year. What are the, uh, I'm just trying to think of something. What are the Yugos going for now? The 48s? Or the 27 47s? Or the 24... 47s? Yeah. 47s. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I sold mine two years ago for almost 600. I want to say mine for the five. The 48s command a different price point because of their quality. Quality, yeah. Unissued things. So. 47s tend to be pretty rough from what I recall. They made yep. a 52 as well. There was like a 52C or some shit. It was a weird one. But oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're all north of like five. Really? Yeah, but they're, they're, they're like five or north. They're, they're plateaued around just north of five. So, yeah. Um, but yeah you just- can lock up. Because I thought the same thing when, when he told me earlier, like, oh, yeah, it's guns that are under 500. And I'm like, 48. So I'm like, eh. Yeah, I wouldn't have considered just because of the quality, the 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 condition that they're known for. 
that's 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 what's propping up their price. Yeah. Unless, yeah, unless you get really lucky and find somebody that has got a dumb has 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 found the Mitchell Mauser certificate. <laughs> and then you can be like, "Oh yeah, $300." <laughs> yeah. For for the new collectors out there, don't buy a Mitchell's Mauser. No. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's good to know. Eights are okay. I was, yeah, I, I was told that they did not. They, there's no evidence of them glossing up the 48s. The K98K is on the other hand, yeah. <laughs> I, death I, heads on them. Like, I would still be hesitant about any Mitchell's Mauser, even if it was a 48. But because there's so many that you can buy that aren't Mitchell's Mauser 48s, you know. Yeah. But rule of thumb, food for thought. Yeah, there's nothing check. BZ24s are usually pretty high now. They're they're getting into the like the bottom of the barrel BZ24s 550, 600. The ones with crests with intact crests are still $700 now from what I've seen. Yep. I'm just trying to think. But ammo's cheap. Ammo is cheap relative are, to what 2022. Are we saying are we saying number 4s and 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 Mark 3 and SMLEs are are north of 500 now? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh Easy. yeah. Easy. That's I the most surprising part about number fours. Yeah, I got my number four. I I think uh, a while ago I said I'll never get an M ninety or excuse me a number four, um, just because they're so expensive now. But I recently got mm-hmm. for uh, Long Branch because it was four hundred and fifty dollars. I lucked in, but everything else I've seen is always north of five hundred, looking at almost six seven hundred dollars. Spanish. Uh, some Spanish guns are low. Oh yeah, Spanish Mausers are are that's usually good, low. That's a good choice. Yeah, and you can I, even get the seven six two conversion. Right. Yeah. If you're yeah, the Spanish goes with like the Turk Mausers where they they just plateaued at like three fifty. Yep, that's what yeah. I was. Yeah, they kind of don't get don't get no respect. The only ones that you get forty threes and that stuff group are like the original like eighteen ninety threes that are expensive or the uh, yep. FR7, FR8 conversions, those have mm-hmm. gone up in price. Yeah. Yeah, weirdly. Yeah, I noticed that too. I, I, don't, I, I, I guess it's just the design, but like it's cool looking. I would like to have one. I think they're neat looking, especially the FR8s. Um, but um, I've noticed that those the FR8s have been showing up more on like social media stuff I'm in. Some, for some reason, they've been posting, people have posted more of those lately. Have they mm, kind of where all those Spanish destroyer bolts are? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, think about that the other day. Find <laughs> the Bay of Biscay. Destroyer bolts. <laughs> I think you can still buy a rifle for like twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those. That, for those that don't understand that joke, I I don't know who has them. Is it is it uh, Numrich has a bunch of them or one of the big importing companies brought in a huge amount of these uh, rifles, which are the destroyer. They're called the destroyer rifles or whatever, but it's. It's nine millimeter, right? Nine, nine, nine millimeter Largo. Largo, and they're nine millimeter Bergman. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, they're in Spain, so it's Largo. <laughs> so it's, it's nine millimeter. It's a nine millimeter bolt action rifle, which you're like, oh, that's that's really cool. That's awesome. That that'd be a perfect like plinking gun or whatever. They lost all the fucking bolts. Yeah, <laughs> you can buy the magazines though, but it's yeah the bolts. <laughs> they got the rifle. You got the magazine. And you got got shit to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it'd be worth it for like 
I don't know, somebody with a CNC to pump out some bolts or something. I, you'd have to find the original documentation. You would, you'd have to find the original blueprints. I don't know. Back, I don't know anything about machining, but it some sort crazy. of it backwards. And, okay. Uh, I mean, I'll take Jared's word for it. It would be expensive to backwards engineer it. That we put it that way. Yes. You what you what? It's not that it, you'd have you'd have one, and but yours may work in your gun. But it's called about it's all about tolerances, and it's it's all it's tolerances plus and minus. Yeah. Are you on the plus end or the minus end, and where do you fit? Yeah. That's reading engineering drawings is one of the things I have to do, and it's a pain in the ass. So, but the, so. so then you would have to custom engineer it for somebody's specific rifle, and for something yes. like that, that's just not. Yeah, you'd have you have five hundred dollars and a bolt for a twenty dollar gun. You might have like a, a an easier time of it because it is nine millimeter, so it's not necessarily like you're gonna have to have it super tight on tolerances because you're not gonna have a huge amount of explosive mass behind it. But like, still, still gotta work. <laughs> put a lot of money and effort into something that's not gonna really turn out a return on investment. Because we see that I yeah. all the time actually on social media, people ask, "Why don't they re- make, make reproductions of this kind of thing?" And I'm just like. There's no market. Yeah, no market. Because you want it for ten dollars. Yeah, that's why. Because so it costs a hundred dollars to make, and you want to spend ten bucks on it. The right. what was the 1998 uh, the 100th anniversary of the Mauser 98s? They made a thousand or two thousand or no, they made yeah. eighteen. They made one thousand eight hundred ninety-eight of them. Duh. Huh. Um, so those were like two grand brand new because they had to re-engineer the whole tooling for it yeah <laughs> it's like of course they're going to be that expensive <laughs> yeah I can't think of any other countries that have that would have cheap guns for entry level now the comments will tell us they'll be like yeah. you're retarded you forgot this i mean piece of you shit forgot you can yeah. still get maybe a chinese sks if you're lucky in the 450 range yeah chinese sks is about 450 yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. i was <laughs> a little bit more nicer in a sense because it was matching, but I mean yeah. rough, sh- not not rough shaped, good shape, decent shape 450, yeah. Yeah, I was uh, I was trying to keep it mostly pre-1945 because you can get down a slippery slope because there's but, quite a lot of cheap Cold War. <laughs> Makarovs. Makarovs are cool. I love Max. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not pre-1945, though, according to Danny. <laughs> no, but we're not listening to Danny. It's on his podcast. I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> Max. I almost said Swedes, because you could get lucky. Yeah, you get, you get lucky anymore. on a bunch of shit. lucky on any of these. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You can get lucky. Sam married you. Knowledge is power. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good does Both books are under 500. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> are the um are the TT33s the M57s are they still forget it <laughs> the M57s oh the M57s oh, you can get M57s oh the post war yeah. guys yeah the Roman, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yugoslavian yeah Yugoslavian yeah. be careful on those because they did not clean the barrels after they test fired them bitches and they rusty because I got one <laughs> it was brand new it was rust in the barrel, like red rust. <laughs> like this like, is bullshit. Who'd you get it from? <laughs> the internet. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Honestly, I don't remember. Did they not test it with I a actually, new I've production U round or something like that? No, they use the cheap, the cheap, shitty shit from the Soviets. Like man, because of fire, <laughs> bam, bam, yeah, kill fucking commies. Here you go. Like 
<laughs> yeah, no. And I was like, there's red fucking rust in my barrel. I had to clean my barrel. It's fine now, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, M57s. M57s. Specifically. Yeah. Forget the TTCs and the, the TT33s and like all like the Polish shit. Forget it. But the, the Yugo stuff? Yeah, you can get those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yugo and Chinese you can still get for 350 Chinese you can find yeah, nine, right? right? Mm, you could. Okay. I don't know they, if those are Milser. If it's uh, like a Narinko commercial made, it's a Narinko commercial made. They were made in nine. Oh, mm. okay. Because Zastava, Zastava, is that that's that's you go. Zastava, yeah, it's you go. But they still make them the the M fifty seven. But they also make it <laughs> version in nine. I think it's the M seventy. Mm. I think it's a smaller version. That's a but it's in nine. But uh, they still make those brand new. Like you can buy one brand new. Hmm. Interesting. So, and they're not. I don't think they're that much more expensive than you would expect to pay for like a Russian TT-33 and they're brand spanking new. So I'm like, that's like a real Russian T-30, uh, TD-33 I, for like yeah, 1200 like, bucks. What, seven, eight now? 12. 12? Oh yeah. Damn. 12, With no safety? North of 12. I think yeah. I paid, I paid 1400 yeah. but it was matching 100%. Um, what the fuck? One, what the fuck? Yeah. It's yeah, been right. like that. It's been like that for a while. Russian shot way last two, three, four years. Yeah, well, you want to, you want your mind blown? The shitty eighteen ninety five Nagant revolvers. Don't even start me on those. Yeah. <laughs> I had one. I bought for ninety nine dollars. I'm like one of those old boomers. I bought one from a barrel for ninety nine dollars. I really you did. Can't <laughs> I hated yeah. that fucking thing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it sucks. Danny, Another, did you know you could suppress those? Did you know you guys can suppress those? <laughs> it's, it's, gas, it's a gas revolver. You can suppress it. Did you guys know that? Another honorable mention you can you can do for pistols would be go down the ruby rabbit hole. Uh, the Spanish and French accepted rubies. Those are still, even the French accepted ones are still under 500. Isn't that three, another one of those 32s? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think yeah, I, like all the, I all two, the, um, and they they shoot great. I mean, they're clunky, they're heavy, but they shoot great for thirty two. Uh, but that's a rabbit hole you can go down and actually like kind of enjoy in a sense because it's not too expensive. So and a ton of different makers and mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, yeah, rubies are its own little sixty four makers or something like that. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty nuts. You could you could go crazy with those if you wanted to. Yeah, but it's kind of weird. You'd have to really like French stuff. You'd have to jump on that bandwagon and also be okay with having Spanish quality. So it's kind of one of those weird. It's weird cheap. little. It is cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you could, you could still for the same thing. Like uh, there's still German thirty twos that you could get mm-hmm. um, for around ruby pricing. So like what? It just kind of depends on what you like. Uh, like sour 1913 yeah <laughs> well i mean that was, yeah you could kind of look into one like that but um there are some sours that pop up on Gunbroker that just for some reason nobody really nobody really looks at them um like the 1930s the sour 1930s um the non-officer models nobody really cares about so those don't get that much money what are the or even uh, the uh, oh, sorry. the mouse 1914 i was just about to ask those oh yeah, yeah. that one or the 1934s yeah I think I, I paid just north of 500 for mine, but it was the taxes and the fees that brought it north of 500. Um, and mine was Imperial marked, accepted, 
into the German military. If you don't, if you don't need that mark, like you can find them less than five hundred easily. Yeah, so. a lot of the World War One era ones too. Yeah, yeah, thirty twos, the officer thirty two. Even they're not, you know, same thing. If if you don't care about the O stamp, you're fine. You got it. You know. Yeah, like the the nineteen ten, the nineteen fourteen, um, the nineteen thirty four uh, Mauser is when you start to get north of five hundred because those were a little bit more nicer quality and World War Two. Yeah, yeah, no. So, what about HSCs? Those are north of five hundred now. Yeah, okay. they're up there. Yeah, generally, yeah. six to seven hundred now for HSCs. So they I, shot up. I don't know. I don't know this answer to this because I'm not as big in the pistol market. But like, I know there's commercial C96s and commercial Lugers. Are there commercial versions of these 32s we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All, do they all, all of them? For the most part, price? yeah. Yeah, for yeah usually. Yeah. So, yeah, commercial. I was wondering if they were the same price typically because I'm wondering if well, it's the the interest isn't there for the military ones, so there, there really isn't much of a difference. I think general rule of thumb, you could probably knock 50 to 100 bucks off for a commercial one versus a uh, military-accepted one. Yeah. That's fair. Generally across the board, like... With from World War One German, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah, once you get into World War Two, then it's just like... They were all if they're made during uh, the war years, then like they're all accepted in a sense. If they weren't even marked, but yeah, honestly, uh, anything after what nineteen forty has, uh, they're not crown in, they're eagle in, so it's going to have a swastika on it. <laughs> so, or it's going to have at least a little little freedom chicken. So, yeah, yeah, the dirty bird, yeah. So it's going to look dirty bird, dirty bird, not waffenops. This is different. There's my dirty bird. Uh, yeah. But for World War One's generally like, yeah, yeah, they're all civilian for the most part, but they had military contracts. But for a civilian one, you could, yeah, fifty to hundred bucks, you can knock off possibly for just a, a regular civilian one that was, in all honesty, probably still used and accepted in the military. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Go ahead. Well, that's the thing too, is because there's a lot of these guns that are now military marked that did go to the military, like Long and Hans. Mm-hmm. Uh, the post-war example would be like the uh, the, the CZ-38s. Um, and then there's going to be pre-war purchase guns. And then like, so the commercial guns that aren't, you know, military that were made during the war or whatever, like they didn't go to, to you know, Hans down at the bakery. Like those probably went to the war too. They just weren't, you know, made. So yeah. they weren't officially stamped. Like, yeah. Hey, yeah. Got it kind of thing. Like, right. And that's but, what I'm saying. Like, that's, a, that's a cheaper entry. Yeah, sour oh, yeah. Night, a lot of them you will see aren't officially stamped, but they have the civilian proofs, and you can damn well think like most of those got sent off to either private purchase or some contract that was later used versus being marked from the factory. So Preston is certain. Yeah, like you got to think about <clears throat> like how many interwar period guns made, or just like pistols made before, right before World War Two or right before World War One. That just like they didn't just stick around in Germany. It's like no, they're gonna go. Like we're gonna issue these, we're gonna give them to somebody, or you're gonna mail them to your friend or to your son or whatever. You know. Oh yeah. Um, just weren't marked. Like the Germans weren't as crazy about marking everything as I, I think people people think. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also used to in America, where you know you could still go to the store and buy a shotgun mm-hmm. in 1943. You really couldn't do that anywhere else because they was using them to shoot at people. They were making shotguns, but like it's like, why do you have all these 32s? We could use these 32s. 
<laughs> They're mine now. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that thing like in the US, like that still happened too, where families went and bought pistols or had pistols that were passed down and they sent them to their son or whatever. Like Eugene Sledge over in the Pacific was a huge example where he his family sent him his nineteen eleven that he used on Pelulu uh going forward. Like that was an actual Well you weren't shooter, right? A handgun, right? So like you could still bring your own handgun though, right? Yeah. Well sort of. There was a but if someone shipped one out to you and they didn't check the box, I mean, no one's going to know. There was a video of a, I think it was a Colt Commando in Tarawa or Saipan. And I'm, again, the comments are going to tell me I was wrong. But <laughs> I, I, there was a video of a guy like using a 38 Colt. And they're like, this Colt went through eight hands. Like okay. the dude who had it died and he gave it to his buddy and it went through eight hands. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not as prevalent, obviously, in America because... We had the obvious, you could buy your own stuff during the war and you can keep it in the States. You didn't need to send it overseas where, as in Germany, whatever it may be, they needed to do that because that's how they armed their uh, officer or else their family members. Yeah, you mentioning earlier, Jared, about the the shotgun, buying a shotgun during the war. And that reminded me of the German Jaeger pistol, where I think that was like a shotgun manufacturer. Oh, yeah. They were like, no, 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 you're not using up any resources anymore for, for shotguns during the war. And they were like, oh, crap. Well, what can we make? All right, we'll make you a pistol it that we like just threw together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's me. Yeah. It looks like a little doggy. I'm like, fuck, it looks like a dog. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. What is this he's talking about? I know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's kind yeah. of a weird one, but. His, May talks about it. It's like, looks like a little dog, like a little dash hound. I'm like, I can't unsee it now. <laughs> and it's dye. It's like dye made. So it's like two pieces that are sandwiched together and they have all the shit in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly what you mean. Those are yeah, cool. It's, it's, it's pretty weird. They go for a lot of money. This isn't like a entry level pistol, but I, I'd, I'd love to get one if I ever yeah. saw one that wasn't like a yeah, amount mean, of money. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah. These do look like a Datsun. <laughs> see she was right man I, she, she said it i'm like got fuck. the weird uh like face on near the snap yeah it's yeah yeah i'm looking at that's her i'm crediting her like but damn i can't unsee it i like the this the shape of it though like you can see it's all stamped out but like it's it's got good curves and good lines to it yeah what I, what kind of action is this it's 32 so it's probably blowback yeah probably yeah, just yeah, direct blowback the easiest right yeah which is like hilarious that there's there's a lot of direct blowback 32s, but then every now and then when you run across one that's like not direct blowback, I'm like what are you doing? Like Frommer stop, bruh. R30 or is it R31s or R51s? The barrel rotates the opposite way, so when the bullet goes out, the barrel's held in place and then it rotates. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Yeah, um, blow forwards like the Schwarzlosa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The barrel goes forward, <laughs> like. I think VZ-24s versus VZ-27s are interesting because it's a locked breach on the 24, but it's blowback on the 27. Yeah, I need VZ-24. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I have 27. You can, you can, t- yeah, 27s are more money typically to go for because a lot of them are German. Uh, yeah. I guess all of them are German. It's a German thing. But uh, yeah, the, the 24s, I, I think not a lot of people appreciate or collect Czech stuff, so... Hey, that's one maybe. VZ24 Mausers. Yeah. Sorry, the, what are you going to say? 
both of mine, the, I have the 24 and the 27, and I, I like the 24 more than the 27 uh, when shooting. So it just felt more comfortable. And the, the snap from shooting was a lot more comfortable in the hand. Okay. Yeah, I've been... Uh, Continue. I've been pretty curious about that, like how the how the recoil compares, because it's uh it's more recoil because it's you know it's three eighty versus thirty two with a twenty seven. So yeah. you would think more, you know, more bullet, more recoil, but yeah, I just I just vividly remembering shooting my twenty seven, and I was just like, wow, this isn't enjoyable. Like the webbing of your hand, just like it hurt after shooting it. But when I shot the twenty four, uh, later, a couple weeks later. Um, I was like, wow, I can actually shoot more than a few mags through this and still, uh, enjoy it versus the 27. I put two mags through it and I was like, no, nope, putting this down. So hmm. dang, I brought my, I was going to shoot my BZ 24 and do some slow motion with it or 27, but I never, I never got around to it. Mm-hmm. I was like, next up, my wife got tired of doing all the slow motion <laughs> recording. So what about, uh, star pistols? I lumped that together with the Spanish stuff. Yeah. Um, but it depends. Some of those are real funky and weird and expensive. Uh, yeah. But then you can get some that are cheap. But Same with the Astros. Ton, yeah, t- but ton of them are just commercial, never used by the military guns. Some are just copies of the military guns. Like, they just kind of kept making them for the commercial market. So, yeah. like, it's... Police, heavy use in the police. Yeah, but then you'll get, like, the oh, this is the, the German contract star. It's like, these are three grand. <laughs> yeah, just like that. A lot of those are fake, yeah. though. Yo, it's the same. Oh. Collect so the Waffenomp. You could tell this by the by the star uh, Waffenomp. So the fake Waffenomp, the second A. So it'll say W A A. The second A will be directly in the middle of the fake, but it's not directly in the middle. It's it's slightly off centered on the real ones. Curved. That's how you tell. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So. Good. That's how. That's how you know. I did. I did some research before buying a fake one. <laughs> some last second research, and that's how I learned it. And uh, from almost getting burned, I did that. I almost bought a fake Waffen Alp 1935A at a gun show, and uh, I was. It, it was pretty cheap. It was like seven eight hundred bucks or something like that. I was like, oh dang, okay, you know, kind of want another one. And uh, and I showed a friend of mine, and he looked at it, and he was like, he like ran his finger across the Waffen Alp. And he's like, dude, this like doesn't feel like anything. It's not in there. It's it looked like it was like just surface level, like laser etched or something. Like it wasn't actually like stamped or punched. I was like, oh, oh shit, that's weird. Then, yeah. So I was like, I don't, I don't yeah. trust it. Yeah. Then you have to get into like the serial numbers and figure out if it's in the correct range that it was possible and whatever. And it's like, I'm not going to do that for. A, Gotta buy a book. Yeah, yeah, buy a book, man. Yeah, some buy a book. some poor yeah. shit have the book on handy like at the show <laughs> yeah didn't you just bring your library with you <laughs> you'll reference the trailer <laughs> yeah i was just thinking of the stars because i know a lot of those are coming in from like uh africa or something i don't know <laughs> yeah i've seen i've seen a few coming in but i don't know where they're coming from but they're not they might not be military they might be police and then you know if you collect police stuff or whatever like uh, i guess so but um yeah no pre you know pre 45 and whatever it's going to be tricky but uh yeah i do know a fact about the star model b do you know the fact danny oh yeah i do what is it danny 
It's that uh, in in movies because of uh, because of nine millimeter being more reliable and everything, they wanted to use nine millimeter blanks in the movies. So uh, instead of using a real nineteen eleven, even if the character carried a real nineteen eleven, they would shoot a star at nine millimeter because it's uh, it's more reliable to shoot. Because so, okay. yeah, because I learned yeah I learned that's that's like the most important part because if you have a whole scene. You know, because it's got to be the right time of day and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's super important that this, because blank firing guns, Jared, you know, blank firing yeah. guns are finicky, especially yeah, automatics. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's got to be perfect. And so, uh, you know, for the shot and everything. Because imagine if a blank firing gun jammed, you know, and, and it happens. You can watch in movies. Like like the extras or whatever in the background, they're like yeah, yeah, somewhat, yeah, they'll still pipe or whatever because they're finicky, but uh, yeah, they're more reliable, and so they use the they use the stars as stand-ins for 1911s. And most movies. famously, what people always forget or don't realize is that it's Pulp Fiction. In Pulp Fiction, his their handguns are stars. Really? Yeah. Mm. You always assume it's a 1911 because you don't really see it up close a whole lot, but it's a star Model B. Yeah, that's the only that's the only like trivia I know about the stars. Oh, that's a bitch. <laughs> oh, a, that was a good one. Yeah. Blank firing guns, man. They're pretty neat. I like those movie guns and stuff. Uh, TFP TV did a few videos on like the Hollywood guns from those big gun guys. Well my You're actually talking about in the Oh sorry, go ahead. You were actually talking about in the chat earlier about like what? Propane or whatever it is. Oh yeah. That's gas, gas powered gas star source. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, gas versus yeah the 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 BFO and G's or the BFongs. Yeah, the reenactors call them. Yeah, because I, I I've said it on the podcast before, but I would prefer a, a BFong, a blank firing only non gun that was like full auto because it could shoot blanks full auto uh, to a semi auto only belt fed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like if I was gonna have you know magic wand, you can have a MG thirty four, but it's either full auto. Bifong or semi-auto only. It's like I'm gonna do the Bifong. Yep. And I know it's like it's a toy or whatever at that at that point. But like at least you get the full auto feel, and uh, and I get to get reenactments. It's funny when you get on the field too, because they're like, "Yo, you got a 34? Yeah. Is it semi or full semi? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's kind of sad. Like, man, you know. Yeah, like, I know that happens quite a bit at reenactments. Dudes bring. Like, I remember one guy brought one of those 16-inch barreled commercial semi-auto Thompsons to an yeah. event. And he's like a GI, and he's got this long-ass barreled Thompson. He's like, do, 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 do. And it's like, okay, I'm sure you feel silly with your, <laughs> at least you should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had, yeah. A, I had a friend growing up, and his dad did reenacting, and he had a BAR, a Thompson, a grease gun, all that stuff, and B-Fongs and all that stuff. So, cool yeah, to cool. That was when I was very young. So I, I got to play with those when I was super young. Had no idea uh, at that point. I was like eight, maybe eight or nine years old, probably. So, yeah, they're pretty cool. They actually now there's a company that makes um, MP40s. They make them from airsoft guns. Huh. Cheap blanks, like full on regular mags. That's an airsoft gun. So it'll never be like an MP40. It can't. It can't hold the pressure, but it doesn't have to. Yeah, the way they get around the ATF regulations for the the Bifong MP40s is really weird. I don't know if you know this, Jared, but so instead of like the blank going in where like the primers in the back and the gas goes out like the front, 
They can't because that is too easily, according to ATF, too easily convertible to live ammo. So they had to engineer it where it's backwards. Yeah, that's those are SS rooms. <laughs> yeah, so they're like, yeah, so the blanks, and so the magazine goes in backwards. Backwards, yeah. And First. yeah, so the bolt, the bolt like closes like backwards instead of closing like forward to chamber. It closes all like backwards. A couple of our guys had, or one of our guys has one of them and it's, his is finicky. And then he traded it to another guy in the unit and he got one of the airsoft guns. That's why the airsoft guns are cool because they chamber forward, but it's a pot metal airsoft gun. You can't tell looking at it like you're, it looks normal, but it's not. It's just a toy. But yeah, the, the early SS rooms which are made off of like original parts. Those are backwards. Hmm. If you look yeah, at the, be. if you look at the chamber, uh, like the the tube area and all that, there's an extra space where the bolt travels, comes back towards you. Pretty recoil though. Have you ever honestly? Have you ever shot a real MP40? No, I have. It don't. It's kind of it's kind of a letdown because you're expecting like this awesome like yeah you can you can write your name on it no problem just do, 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 do. like it's it is nuts so how do they recall the same as a real one they don't yeah okay interesting i'm 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 just looking on simpson here guys there are so many k11s 1896s 9611 whatever they are there's yeah yeah under 400 <laughs> yep mm-hmm. they've got like at least 50 yeah 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 it'll yeah. buy right now but it's been that way for the past like year or two where they're just r- hovering right around the 450 mark, give or take. No, these are 375 or under is what I'm seeing right now. The only oh, ones I saw that were that were higher were um, matching bayonet. Oh, yeah. Matching bayonet ones were like an extra 500 There's bucks. There's a K11 here that it has some it has some uh, uh, finish issues with the metal. So it said they're saying it's only 40 percent, but it's matching. And three seventy five. Yep. I'm just like, what? It's a, it's a decent starter. I mean, that's a good one under four for the quality and everything. On it. Where was the? Yeah. You see the, the? Like you said, there was finish problems, like forty percent. Yeah. They're Swiss, not finish. But <laughs> <laughs> But where where was the uh, the problem? Was it like the mag or the uh, receiver? This looks like it's on the top of the receiver. Mm, that may do it then right there but these are 375 but if you go up 20 bucks it goes into like 87 percent blue 395 for 87 percent blue those must be the swiss mausers you're talking about then yes <laughs> yes hey, did you see on the on the front the specificness of 87 <laughs> percent not 40 yeah. not 50 87 exactly we did a specific test yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the finish. <laughs> That's like a 13% chance of rain. Gets my ass. <laughs> Did you see halfway down the uh, halfway down the page? There, what's new page? There's that uh, quote unquote Russian M48A. <laughs> it sold for seven hundred and fifty dollars. What? <laughs> Wait, that was on Simpson. Yep. Oh, it's on the front on the front page. Oh, yep. Dang man, oh. they got a. Uh, an actual C96 carbine. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are expensive. It's restored though. I, w- I wonder who made the description on that Russian M48A though. I'm just picturing it in my head right now. It's it like, no. in the. It says Russian in the, in the first thing, but if you look in the description, it does say Yugoslavian. 
Yugoslavian slash Serbian, I'm pretty so yeah. Somebody just messed up on the title. This yeah, they do that. Got so they post guns every now and then for free. I've noticed. One time yeah. they did it and I called them and I said, hey, I will take this gun at the advertised price. <laughs> and he goes, oh, oh, I see. So we, yeah, so, so-and-so messed up. All right, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll fix that. That happened to that happened with me with uh, Edelweiss um, a few years ago. Um, they had GP11, like uh, boxes of 60 and 10 rounds for GP11. And they were doing a thing to where like you buy one box and the next box was a little bit discounted and the next box after that was a little bit more discounted. And I found out that if you add 10 boxes to the cart, your order was free. <laughs> Somebody did some math wrong somewhere. Oh yeah. boy, did you buy any? So I ordered ten boxes, and they approved the order. And then, like ten, like probably thirty minutes later, they canceled the order. I called them saying, "Why'd you cancel the order?" And they're like, "Oh, we messed up." I was like, "Well, you gotta give me something." So they gave me a free sixty round box. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's cool. At least, yeah. I didn't press. I didn't. I didn't really expect a free gun, so I didn't really press Simpson on that one. But yeah, should have. They would have said, fuck off. (laughs) They wouldn't have have done anything like that. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Having spoken to them directly, they would not give them two shits. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I met uh, Mr. Simpson himself. Mm. And I met his... I I saw his huge wad of cash, which was, like, impressive. This little, like, safe thing that they they bring with them. They drop mad money on guns. Like Tulsa and all that, or yeah, Tulsa. I saw him here in uh, he was in Kansas City at the last uh, big collector show here, which was pretty cool. I, I think that one was. I need to make it out there. It's it's really good. I'm really surprised. I'm like, Jesus, my hometown. We got we got a big old show like this. That's that's kind of nice. It brought a lot of the big big people, um, yeah. like some auctions and stuff. But uh, that one, yeah, Tulsa. man. Yeah, I'll be I'll be at Tulsa uh, next month. It's coming up pretty soon. Like I said, I say this if like every time, but I think that's going to be my last one for a while. Why so, is that? Kid, kiddo number two coming in uh, February. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be on the... We don't know what two-kid life is going to be like, so... Mm. Couldn't help you there. <laughs> yeah, Aaron. What? <laughs> Apparently what you're going to lose first is your attention span. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man so i was gonna go and read some uh comments but uh jared i think you wanted to do a shout out yeah one of the guys in that i know is uh a fan of the podcast and i just wanted to say hello to him because it's nice uh hi bachman i remembered <laughs> that's all okay <laughs> you have to tell him it's, it's always nice to meet a fan Send him a send him a timestamp of this of this. Yeah, about, about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Only watch one, one part. hour no. forty five minutes. Yeah, one hour forty five minutes. I remember that. No, he left a comment, and I I met him at one of our events. I'm like, hey, do you watch the podcast? He's like, yeah. I was like, you left a comment. He's like, yeah. That's awesome. Was he one of the ones that corrected you with the Swiss thing? No, he liked the fact that I compared. Uh, uh, that 30 Remington, whatever cartridge it is, to 30 Luger. So, oh, yeah, yeah, because Ian's going pretty heavily saying that the 30 Super Carry is 
it's it's really Thank 32 you. French long. Yeah, it's 30 Luger. No, no, no. It's 32 French long. Yeah, well, I did the math. <laughs> I was gonna read. Uh, I was gonna read some of those comments that you got about the last video. This will be the corrections. Yo, I'm part not of, part, of, part of this one. I gotta remember this. Do you know beers I Yeah, I know. People don't know that you're fucking hammering beers. <laughs> or you're like on your eighth. Or you're like on your seventh or eighth one, and you're yeah. saying some fact. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah. When- the last one when you mentioned it's like each canteen holds how many beers or meskets or meskit holds four beers. Whew. That one I know for a fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, he had to refill it. He had to refill his mess kit. <laughs> so you get into the comments, they're like, Why didn't you know the specific detail? Actually, yeah. the GP ninety was never semi smokeless. Dude, I shouldn't be driving a vehicle right now. Like, I should not be operating heavy machinery. I, I mean, I'm gonna. Know. I don't even know what year it is. <laughs> like, these are the fallen guys from when I got home. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's one mess kit works, by the way. <laughs> yep, so correction. All right. Everybody wanted you to know that it's not semi, semi-smokeless. And I think you learned your lesson after, like, the 20th comment. Maybe you learned your lesson. I don't know. I did, but it is a lower pressure. So GP90 is not semi-smokeless. And I hope... Jared. We can, we can beg for everybody's forgiveness. Smokeless, just so you know. It's not. But if you want to know how to reload it and shoot it safely, I am your guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you use a mixture of black powder and smokeless powder? No, that would make it partially smokeless. Oh. <laughs> what, is, what is semi, then? <laughs> Uh, it's ratio. It's, mm, mm, yeah, I don't know. YouTube friendly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See me on my OnlyFans to find out. <laughs> yeah, Milser World's OnlyFans. Yep. <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> yeah. It's just Danny was... racking the Milser. <laughs> oh yeah. I was cleaning it and it went off. Like there's <laughs> there's there's actually tons of those ASMR. Yeah, Aaron's laughing at that one. I'm just imagining Danny like with with like mood lighting and like sexy music and his lights turn red. He's got he's got like the lube and he's just looping up a gun and he's just like, yeah. (laughs) Rack. That's not Honestly, that's not far off from what I thought about doing because, you know, Utreon. So YouTube live streams streams. You can't touch guns, but Utreon live streams. You can you can touch guns. So you can I could do like some sort of live stream where I reload for like three people that would watch it or whatever. Yeah, that's but, uh, people at Utreon. Yeah. Over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. So probably. Yeah, probably only fans. Say it would be a funny <laughs> April Fool's joke for us to make of a, a Pornhub or a. Uh, OnlyFans fans account. Yeah. And it was T- videos titled like Danny strips Mauser K ninety K naked or something. <laughs> it's just a disassembly with yeah, lube. I'm just, I'm just yeah. disassembling. Yeah. 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 You, guys, you guys can't see it's Danny under the table, but lubes up oh. rifles. Yeah. You know what you need to do? You need to you need to have two Boss 36s and stick them together. Oh, yeah, like, with with uh, oh, yeah, no. porno music playing. Yeah. 
Oh, so boy. what happens after 11? <laughs> tell me. Tell me, Step Sergeant. My bayonets are stuck together. Yeah. <laughs> How did this that happen? Uh, Do you have, like, th- there'd be a whole series of you just... Doing dumb shit? You're just parroting, like, all these, like, these tropes. But it's just, like, you and a rifle. <laughs> like, the rifle is stuck in the washing machine. <laughs> And it's just sticking out. And you're like, what are you doing? Oh, man. I feel like if I was artsy and creative enough, I could make that happen. But somebody more talented than me needs to do that. Just, we need a- Hold on. You've got the rifle on like a, an outdoor, uh, uh, an outdoor like lounge chair. And then it cuts like to a shot of the the rifle and then in the background you're mowing the yard <laughs> <laughs> the pool boy <laughs> with the- yeah like that <laughs> and then you oil the DLP and then you're like oh you dirty bird <laughs> <laughs> pulls out a- uh, let's see what's what's more of these let's I'm see I'm delivering I'm, I'm delivering I'm delivering a pizza, and, uh, yeah. and the Mauser and the Mauser opens the door, yeah. and is like, "How can I pay for this?" <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> what it needs to be, you need to have one of them with like with a with a woman, and then you have your um the the Roth Steyer. And it ejects all the ammo and it'd be like, I'm sorry, this never happens. This never happens. Oh, <laughs> that's good. That's good. I got one. I need to have, I need to have uh, a couch and I need to have uh, a rifle with a nice like blonde stock and then a bunch of uh, darker stock colored yeah, rifles I mean, yeah, yeah. behind it. It's like sitting around it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got any more of these, Aaron? We've hit oh, a lot man. of the major points. We've hit a lot of the major points. Uh, I too, I too think the the two Moss thirty six is stuck together. It's great. I, I don't know why, but I find that one really funny. <laughs> or the yeah. or the mouths are stuck in the washing machine. I just the butt of a rifle yeah. to get out of a washing machine is funny to me. You know, for for a second when I had two Moss thirty sixes. I thought about sticking them together like that and like uh, taking a picture and like posting it on Valentine's Day or something with like a heart around it or something. I, I don't know. Just like <laughs> somebody's got to do that now. This is how Mac is uh, right here. <laughs> oh, read some comments. I, I, I can enjoy I this. I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore. I'll yeah. think about it. I'll think about it. Tell me all the ways that I'm wrong. <laughs> So looking through some, some of these comments, um, one that's like super long, the guy was telling me on my, uh, it was a comment on one of my um, never shot a Milsert before video series. And he thinks I shouldn't tell them the nationality before they shoot the rifles, like the gun's name or nationalities. And he, and he said that there was uh, there's some sort of study that, uh, and they had like a control, but they, they showed pictures of castles to people and said, these are German and these are French. Which one is prettier? And, uh, and they swapped it, you know, for the, another group. And people just picked the French castles that they thought were French um, over the German castles, even though they were like the same exact things. 
So he doesn't think that I should say anything was uh, say the nationality, which I think here's, in that. Okay, go ahead. Here's my thought on that. Here's my thought on that. If you don't I, have them show you on a map where the fuck that country is first, because most people don't even know. Like, like, yeah, that's true. Like, oh yeah, that's a British gun. Okay, show me where Britain is. <laughs> most, yeah, most. I think most Gen Z doesn't even know how many states. Are that's in the what I'm getting at. Now, so. so, like, yeah, exception is is kind of weird. Know, I would, I would I don't argue know. that. The average the average person still has uh, a bias against Chinese made items. Yeah. If you were to say this Type Fifty Three is Chinese and here's an M forty four that's Russian, I I think you're going to have a bias even if one is in better condition than the other one. You know what I mean? Yeah, but even if not qu- quality wise, you got pre and post war, and then you have uh, in a lot of mines a major combatant of World War Two. And then just like, oh, China was technically in the war. Because I don't think Americans fully appreciate like how mm-hmm. much hard dying. China, yeah, <laughs> yeah, how much dying happened over there and how hard the Chinese fought. So that's a, that's a thing too. But so it's hard to, it's hard to, uh, to sort of isolate that, I think. But yeah. Um, it's an interesting point though. It actually is. He's playing the mental yeah. game. Yeah, I, I don't know. That might have been on the, the, the video that had the, I had the doctor shoot. And uh, he said so, in the video, he said something about like he liked the German one and he felt a little guil- guiltier. He said something about feeling guilty about the German one. And that so, the that so that's English, right. No, no, this is the American doctor. No, the, the British guy, I don't think said anything like that. Hmm. But yeah, I, I need to yep. do another one of those. I could do, definitely see how that can skew the thought process though when shooting so yeah yeah it still doesn't top the very first one of the whole series when the guy just wrong yeah he loaded that k98k like an m1 he just pushed the whole clip and everything into it and the clip got stuck i'll remember that (laughs) yeah and then you had to pause the video and like i've never seen this before (laughs) yeah i did fix it off camera but yeah i was like i so I didn't know it was possible. I just thought like it just wouldn't go down, but he must have really just, he just like fucking, yeah. You give her all the way, buddy. Sometimes you got to do that. <laughs> yeah, he just went full send. Yeah. All right, Dan. Uh, let's go. Let's keep it moving. Let's go. <laughs> all right. He commented, so I did a couple shorts. Um, I was hoping it would get a little bit more uh, traction than it did, but it was Walter PP versus Sounder 38H. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did two shorts. And uh, this Australian guy commented, uh, as an Australian with limited access to historic pistols, I'm struggling to understand the advantages of DASA pistols like these, even with the fancy cocking slash sheet cocking levers, etc. You could kind of unpack that one for a bit, too. The M1911A1 was SA only, but my, my understanding was routinely carried, cocked, and locked, so it could be brought into action as quickly as these German DASA pistols. So he's just kind of sounds like single action versus the DASA. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, was it was the nineteen eleven A one safe to carry cocked and locked? Yes. And if so, was there any real significant advantage with these SADA pistols over the older SA only designs? Although very clever mechanically, it seems to me the real operational advantages of these German pistols is very marginal. Is that a fair assessment? The guy's name was O Lordy. Oh, no idea. Cocked and locked is safe. Um, 
I think it comes down to comfortability and making the action from cocked and locked to the safe. I think that's where the advantages come from when like disassembling or just downgrading the the pistol, the ammo, going from ready to go versus not ready to go, which happens a lot. Um, I think it just gives more comfortability. Yes, it's an extra step, but it gives more comfortability to know for sure that it's in that position. I think maybe more positive, I guess. To me, this is a doctrinal question. Yeah, I was. it, it made me wonder, Was what was the American doctrine during World War II? Was it to carry, you know, cocked and locked? Was that it? Or did they do condition three carry like the French? I believe and then, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like what did the holster, like I know the holsters for the night. I have one. I should try that. I know the holsters. I don't know if there's room like with the flap going over it that you could leave the hammer back and, you know, and reholster it. So is that even a thing or do old period holsters, if they all were carried with hammer back, do they all have a little like crease in the leather from when mm-hmm. the hammer pushed into it? And on the doctrine, the pistol that he has on my screen, which is right here, is a Viz 35. They omitted the safety. They kept the decocker. Fair. Yeah. This is yeah, a doctrinal I, question. This a doctor is, may have been, they adopted it. They manual of arms said, this is what we're going to have. And they just kept it for the simplicity of the manual of arms. Yeah. And the, and the Viz 35s is single only. So. Yeah. Uh, this is a this is a doctrinal question. It, it, it's it seems like a mechanical question, but in reality, this is a who taught you? Yeah, yeah. I would bet the Polish with that decocker only single action. They did something like the French with theirs. I yeah. I actually mine is that way. It's, it comes it, down to the the talking point of the modern M4 M16. It's all manual of arms. Like having a charging handle on the top is very weird compared to on the sides of other country's rifles but it just comes down to manual of arms so and it's not the same because i'm not i'm not a combatant but having carried a viz i carried it round in use the decocker bam mm-hmm. and then if i needed it you just pull the hammer back when you pull the pistol yeah yeah now <clears throat> thinking about it concealed carry wise i guess like a modern thing would you rather carry double action single action or cocked and locked I, you could also boil the question down to that and that's a lot of personal, personal that's preference. Personal. Sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's personal. Both are pretty. Me? Both are pretty dated now. Um, but yeah, well, it's it's kind of interesting, right? Because everything switched back to striker. The striker is kind of like the oldest, you know. Yeah, nineteen hundreds. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Like the nineteen hundreds and nineteen tens and stuff like that. And then it seems like in the twenties or thirties, maybe like hammers kind of. They like showed up and then double action showed up. The cameras kind of became, uh, became more popular. Um, cause I know like there's more, there's more force with a hammer fired pistol. There's more force hitting the firing pin. So I guess it's more of a guaranteed shot than with a striker, uh, striker fired pistol. So I, w- I would say to answer his question though, that is a doctrinal question and you're, you're looking at it with a modern lens where in reality it's, it's a doctrinal thing. Yeah. It's, so it seems to me that something, Operational advantages of these German pistols was very marginal. So DA, yeah, over it. I guess it depends the way it's carried. Uh, yeah, it depends on the doctrine. But even even not the case. Even if both doctrines were carry with the you know carry with the round in the chamber, uh, it comes down to personal preference. Yeah, 
And, and it's easier just for a country just to pick one to train every guy to do exactly that. Yeah. Then, that's, you know, what that's what I mean by doctrine is you wouldn't, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't do, yeah, you wouldn't do like have both um, in a perfect world, you know, in a country, but I would DAS yeah. it because if you're done with handgun, shit's getting real. Yeah. I like, I stopped carrying DASA uh, specifically because I don't like the, the, the long, the, I don't like the DA first trigger pull. So well, I, I went away from that. Most DASA guns are external hammer, so you can just cock them. So that's why. If, if you have the time to do that, and I know it's, um, you know, it's like a training thing and a whatever, but I would just prefer, I would just prefer the trigger to be exactly the same every time. So, yeah. Hmm. I agree. <laughs> what? That's, what, what the hell are you doing, Aaron? I don't know anything about friggin' pistols. Okay, okay. <laughs> you can't comment on this. Half the shit you were talking about, I didn't even know what you were talking about. <laughs> How many pistols do I own, Danny? Zero. That's correct. <laughs> There's like three in this room. Well, what, this, is, this is this room. Oh, yeah. Did you see that, that meme of a guy in a doctor's office and the doctor asks him, do you have any guns at home? And the guy goes, I have a gun in this room. <laughs> I actually got asked that. I got asked that with my son at the doctor's office. Yeah. I got asked, do you feel safe? Here we go. My, oh, they. My, uh, my wife yeah, that's a, that's a real thing. Yeah. yeah. My wife, my wife asked uh, the nurse at the pediatrician um, because they said, are there any drugs in the home? And just immediately, she said, does meth count? <laughs> just like that. Just questioning, but serious, like, does meth count? Oh, and the God. Went, I'm kidding. She's kidding. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's a good response. Yeah. yeah. Okay, here's a good one. This is on my K98K Mauser Evolution through World War II video. I found a German Mauser for sale, period. It has some kind of flip-up style rear sights, and it's a super short rifle, period. I'm thinking of getting it, period. He said it's 7 millimeter. period. Well, thank you for commenting, sir. That increases This is why I don't... Yeah. And uh, just make sure you like and subscribe. This is why when Danny's like, yo, did you see the comments? I'm like... Oh, here you go. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here you go, Aaron. Uh, somebody commented on the Lee Navy versus U.S. Crag video. Oh, okay, good. Uh, good yeah. If you if you consider the Lee is the only straight pull due to its non-rotating bolt head, uh, the Monlicker eighteen eighty six and eighteen and eighty eight slash ninety ninety etc. All, all all would be true straight pulls as well. Yes, because they are um, they don't have a rotating bolt at all. They're a wedge locking. Well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the 8890s are wedge lockings. Yeah, the M90s are are rotating bolts. Interesting. Huh. The true straight pull. <laughs> I wouldn't consider, I wouldn't consider a, 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 a Lee Navy a straight pull, though, either. Doesn't it kick up? It's a camming yeah, action. It's, it's a camming action. It's a straight pull camming action. It, it's, yeah. it's a separate category. It's like a... Yeah. So here's the niche. Here's straight pull, and then here's like this little branch down here, and that's where it is. Yeah, it like hooks under 
and then back. Yeah. So it's very different. Uh, Danny's Danny and Mike have both fondled them. I'm legally drunk. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's very weird action. Actually, it is. It's it's it it's is really weird. Yeah. Plus, Danny was so confused. I remember him being freaked out by the um um the floating extractor. No, no, no. The uh, no. I think it locked up or something. Like the action locks? Is that was that it? And it has a it has a bolt release. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Why the fuck does it have a bolt release? And I'm like, you like, press it. How else are you back. gonna How else are you gonna release the bolt? A bolt release. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would just pull the fucking thing back. You make a button for it. <laughs> Ahead of its time. <laughs> yeah. Here's a slightly pro pro American sort of spin on this comment. It's very, very difficult to buy in France. Commented on my French uh, Moss 4956 uh, video. Because there's like certain, there's certain guns that like you are really hard to get anywhere else in the world. French guns are one of those things where we kind of have a lot in the United States. They don't have a lot in France and a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of lucky. Um, like Japanese rifles. I saw a German collector post his Type 38 that he bought recently. And he was super happy to have it because Arasakas are very uncommon in Europe. Because, like, why the fuck? Why the fuck would they go there unless a collector imported it over there, like fifty years after the war or whatever? You know? Yeah, because we stole them all. Russia. <laughs> no, Russia <laughs> steal them. They're rightfully ours. Thirty-eights. Russia didn't play thirty-eights. World War One. Yeah. yeah, we stole them all. No, I bet most of those were used <laughs> up in the Civil War. If I had to bet, yeah, I probably. Had to bet money on that, but. But Russia had a lot of thirty-eights, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I thought I thought I heard there's some conflict in Russia where like the number one rifle was like an airsocker or something. I might be misremembering I that. Don't that quote the, me. The, the second most common round in Imperial mm-hmm. Russia for World War One is the six point five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. So like it it Cause... saw a lot of use. So like that's why it surprises me like that that they would be harder to find the Type thirty eights at least. But then again, I was thinking they probably just burned the fuck out of those. They just used that all up. I like the oversimplification of history where the Japs are like, we really don't like this gun anymore. Russia? (laughs) (laughs) Here's here's an interesting thing about the the Japanese like stereotype or whatever. Everybody thinks Japanese World War II fight to the death. All that kind of stuff, right? Never surrender. They surrendered before the Hurlm Island got invaded. The Germans don't have that same reputation. They got wiped out, invaded, taken over, like, all completely, like, didn't invade till they had, like, hardly any of, like, actual Germany and, and German control. It's kind of interesting. I thought about that the other day. Hmm. Um, a guy commented, uh, I mean, Paul commented on the, the French uh, Moss 4956 video as well. Uh, I thought this was pretty good. The French copy nobody, and nobody copies the French. Yeah. Huh. Wrong. Well, you go one. tell... You I go won't. tell Paul that. Swiss P210s. Yes. The best pistol However, ever. However. Ever. is a Swiss yeah. P210. You it's know the guy gun. who invented the gun that the P210 is based on? I don't. I just. Is something Peter with two T's, probably like Pater or whatever. And he's Swiss. He's French Swiss. Oh, yeah. That's cool. I don't know. That's the, the ceiling I thought of was oh, like. Swiss, uh, so a Swiss guy invented the 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 1935A, okay. which the P2 did. Yep. Yeah. To bring it oh. back. 
Yeah. And everyone will tell me that I'm wrong, and I will tell them to send bush lights to my house. Bush. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I get a lot of comments. So my my fake Colt 1911 copy video gets gets some pretty funny comments. Um, that's just a good video to go to and just read the comments. But uh, some so somebody somebody commented. I married a a a, a Filipina gal. And then period and her uncle dot, dot, dot. And subsequently the cousins made, I was like, okay, I'm glad he put a period right there. Uh, and sub- subsequently the cousins made these puppies. I visited the factory a few times, the most rudimentary equipment you can imagine. I will not go into details there, but I would not fire one of these things with a full load without safety glasses and at least half a bottle of gin in me. I am a sick guy. Thanks. <laughs> I get quite a few comments of people being like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we we they they make those in like my my town or my old town or whatever in in the Philippines," hmm. which is kind of interesting because it's kind of like it reminds me of a uh, a Philippine Kyber Pass sort of thing, you know? Yeah, I can see that. Which was a pretty well done copy for being like handmade and everything. That's a pretty pretty well pretty well done. Funny because the Rock Islands are Filipino and they're actually pretty good pistols. Oh yeah, the new Rock Islands. Yeah, that's my first handgun I ever bought. It shoots great. Yeah, that tells. <laughs> yeah, it shoots great. It was like four hundred bucks. Like I carried it, cocked and locked for a while. <laughs> Any more, Danny? Uh, I read the main ones. And I'm just kind of skimming to see if anyone's anyone's pop out up out of me. Oh, here we go. Uh, this is on my. This is another one of those videos that kind of gets the comments. How I picked the best bolt action. Um, that ticks ticks people off. The people that are emotionally attached to a certain design, and they think I'm crazy for having objective standards. Like um, Leon. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, Ugh, I want rounds on target quickly. Get back to me after 30 years of competitive shooting. Uh, BTW, a straight pull is not a turn bolt action. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to have to get into competitive shooting. For 30 and then, years. Uh, for, and then hopefully this guy is still alive in 30 years. Yeah, you and can't. And then I'll, I'll reply to this comment. Every time he's like, hey, did you read the comments? Nope. Yeah, I'd say nope. Uh, nope. one of my favorite places to read comments on Firearms YouTube has got to be Firearms United. Uh, their shorts. Danny, mm. you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially the ones where he's like, <laughs> where he's like budget alternatives. <laughs> and everyone's like, her dude, that, that that ain't cheap. That's a that's a sewing that's a scar or whatever. That ain't cheap. That ain't budget. The, the my favorite ones are the people that are always saying that he's using airsoft. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. No, I need I need to watch his videos. I haven't seen him in any of them recently. So yeah, that's good get... stuff. Yeah. Well, that's probably most of the most of the good like recent. Those are like comments I got in the last like uh, week or so. Yeah, they're pretty pretty fun times. There's certain videos I like to just like watch the comments on because I know I, uh, I upset some upset some people. You can only fit eight in the magazine, Danny. 
Ink goes in the magazine. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty, that's a, that's a good one. I hear gun people all the time kind of saying incorrect stuff like that. Okay. Um, fun fact, the inventor of the AK-47 admired John uh, Garand and used some of his ideas. They commented on that, that tips and tricks, the hey, one tips and tricks video. Actually, uh, you, you reminded me, I, I, somebody, somebody had asked a question about the SKS versus the AK. So I went and looked up like some of the stuff from the time period and like, uh, what's his name? The guy who, who, what's his full name? The AK guy. Mikhail Kalashnikov. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of speculation that he just like ripped off people's designs. Oh yeah. None of this was actually his actual idea. <laughs> or maybe he did like small improvements, kind of like Edison, where they're like, he did improvements to shit, but it really wasn't his real idea to begin with. And I'm yeah. like, what? Shut what up, Carl. This? No one fucking talks to you. No one's remember <laughs> Carl. And I'm like, what the fuck? And so I'm going, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't know specifics. I don't know any details like that. I, I just was looking into it because I was like, well, why did they pick the SKS? And they picked the SKS because it fulfilled their requirements in 45 or 46 when they were trialing it. And then, but a, uh, Kalashnikov submitted a design to that trial and it failed. Didn't It didn't pass. So he resubmitted a design for the next trial and that's what eventually became the AK-47. But they... I was like, I, I never understood why the SKS was just so quickly dropped from Russia's, like, main battle rifle. Like, they just really just went, bam, done, no, fuck it. And I was like, oh, they were looking, in World War II terms, they were looking at, they wanted a SVT, but smaller, and in a less more powerful round. And so they got one, which is the SKS, but then they are like, oh, Wait, shit, there's actually a new design that's actually better. So in, in the rare instance of foresight, they were like, oh shit, let's drop this thing we just tooled up and do something else. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, but what the fuck? Because I'm like, that doesn't happen. You go back and we've talked about all this stuff, about all these different countries and everything like that. Oh, yeah. It never fucking happens. You spend the money and the time to tool up one of these guns... It does not matter if the new gun is better. It has to be like leaps yeah. and bounds better for it to be. Well, it, yeah, it's commie, so the money and the time don't matter because they're, you know, made up. And to me, that, <laughs> to me though, that that idea that you would you would invested in the into it already, that it really had to be proven to be ton, like just exponentially better to the point where they were like, well, we can't deny this. Anymore. Full DACA. Yeah, yeah. So, but I didn't. I know, realize, you, I know what you mean, though, Aaron. Yeah. I didn't realize that. So it's the AK-47. Do you know when they started production? Forty-nine. Yeah. yeah I was gonna. I was gonna say forty-nine. Yeah. Tool up. Forty-nine. Yeah. So it took them a couple years to tool up. So this whole time they're building SKSs and they're rearming stuff with SKSs and and then they're tooling up for the AK and then after the AK has become adopted, they're starting to to. We're still producing SKSs because you see SKSs into the fifties with Russian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they had they had trouble with their early AKs. Yes, they they redesigned the AKs because I think the 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 submission was uh, milled 
receiver and they wanted it to be stamped because it was going yeah. to be cheaper and easier to mass produce. Yes, that is correct. So the first stampings were not as good. Yeah, the first yeah, the first AK forty seven, like the AK forty seven is is stamped. And then they went to the uh I guess the type twos or whatever, which was milled and everything. And yeah. Not then the AKMs are back to the stamping. The it was first, stamped, milled, stamped. Okay. Yeah, the first ones they tried stamping and it, it didn't work. They went to a milled gun, which is the AK-47, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The AKMs are stamp guns. Right, okay. German See, stamping technology. I don't know. I don't know all that. There's. I did not realize the minutia of the difference of AKs. Like, it's I, like everything, man. I'm yeah. just like, whoa, so there's, there's like 50 different variations here. So mm-hmm. like, all right. All right. I got, you know, in my head, I got, okay, I know an AK-47. I know the AK-74. I kind of know what the AKM, the one, um, the one that has the folding stock, the paratrooper stock or whatever. To you. Shut up. The, the dong. I know the dong meme. Those are are (laughs) Hungarian? Romanian. 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 Romanian, Yeah. Yeah. The dong. I'm very intense. Uh, the I don't know what those are Romanians. I don't know what that means, but I know that's something to do with those. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was just really surprised yeah, how much we talk about. He's trying, okay? Given, yeah, trying. given how much we talk about money being a factor and time and effort and and what is that the the, the sunk cost fallacy where you don't want? Oh to yeah, sunk cost fallacy. Yeah, if you put too much effort into it. Given how much we've talked about that, we talked about it last time. We we had a whole conversation, Danny and I did, off of the podcast about the... I, I And I was like, the existence of the, um, the, the P-13 proves that the British had given up on the SMLE. And the only reason the SMLE didn't just disappear is because they ran out of time and money. And by the time the World War II or World War I ended, they didn't have the money or the desire or need... To switch it out because they did they oh. already sunk all the money into it. <laughs> oh, frame. <laughs> screenshot, screenshot it. What? Oh boy. No, that's he was on a roll too. Like I mean <laughs> yeah, he was. He was oh, man. But this... anyway, but Anywho. so, so we've talked about all that. We talked about all he that. just he just had a forest gum moment there up on the I've <laughs> given a speech. But we talked about all that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody unplugged I'm it. Keep going. I'm a God damn it! Go you you. Keep going. Get off the stage, old man. <laughs> I got a soapbox. You guys talked for 25 minutes about single and double action pistols. I don't know fucking thinking about it. How many times I gotta teach you this lesson, old man? <laughs> I'm tired of digging holes, Grandpa. <laughs> I was just surprised that the the time period between SKS acceptance. And AK-47 acceptance was two years. And yeah. Like, holy shit, they really did not put a lot of faith in the SKS. <laughs> They're like, we backed the wrong horse. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> because everybody I've, I I know around here that like Millsurp stuff is an SKS or an AK, right? And the SKS guys are like, it's just as good. And I'm like, no, I don't think it is. Like, Russia didn't keep it. The Soviet Union didn't keep it, like, for a reason. Yeah. Well, especially the SKS guys that, like, put it in a Tapco stock and then put, like, a fixed 30-round mag on it. 
Yeah, it's just no, the just as good. Don't they make a drum round my, my mag for it now? By the way, I think I don't know who the fuck they knows. I don't know anymore. <laughs> All right, I'm done. All right, <laughs> that was good. Good night, everybody. Right, have a great night. Uh, don't drink and drive. Spay, spay and neuter your pets. <laughs> oh, the help old control, uh... help control the pet population, everybody. That's yeah. a, that's wow. a Price is Right joke for all you people. Yeah, I was trying to remember his name. Bob Barker. Yeah. Parker. The yeah, Price Bob, is wrong, yeah. bitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, happy Gilmore cool. for everyone. There we go. Bad. We always <laughs> we always have to have a good digression. Yes, or on the show. So the so, old man uh, ranting yeah. on SKSs and AKs over there. I know nothing about. Like this is literally like the topic. I'm like, I don't know if I know. <laughs> All conspiracy theories. Yeah. My tinfoil hat. That's good. Yep. And make sure. So you, good. Make sure you got a lot of shellac. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Cool. So. Uh, Sticky. Good. Good podcast. I hope we helped somebody. I hope somebody that's new to uh, new to the podcasts. Um, can, or yeah, or new to Millsurps and maybe new to the podcast. Can, uh, not new to the podcast. Some, well, these guys are idiots. Like, well, oh, maybe. Uh, this guy's drunk. What are these crazy? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Like all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is us. <laughs> welcome. If you're new, welcome. It only gets worse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this was a PG-13. Crazy people like us, or you have the people that won't talk to you because you're too young. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't mention that with young collectors, but yeah, that's the thing. Th- yeah. There's a tax. You're too young. Yeah. Me at gun shows, like, I try and talk to people, and it just never works out for some reason. Just don't talk to people. That's what I do. That, that's true, too. I walk by and what? laugh that's what at, the, at the prices. Grow you a mustache and uh, start talking with a little bit of accent. Depending, depending on how this shows up on your screen, Danny, we have the evolution of facial hair. Because we have none with Michael. Oh, it's oh yeah. With you, uh, Jared's got a beard going, but not like it's not like full out. Like yeah, I don't do the full. I do short. Right. So and then we have me that looks like you said like an Amish person, a murderer. Yeah, yeah. I think just because of the location. Would you? Where would you say the majority of your beard is coming out of? Balls. Is it? <laughs> is it below the chin? I feel bad for this guy. <laughs> On the neck area, I'm not. Sure. I would say it's the taint. Not <laughs> like, a solid taint game. We all we, we already discussed this picture. Before. Yeah, before the before the trim, the old Aaron. <sighs> I'm well, gosh, that looks like a before and after rehab picture or something, man. That's like a. Which one's the before and after? <laughs> this guy sells crack yeah, like actually. Man. This guy just sells crack <laughs> by your house. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. I hope we helped somebody yeah. new getting into this. And uh, thank you to everybody for, for sticking with us. Thanks for coming on, Michael. Appreciate it. Very last minute. We always do these so last minute. Yeah. I had people a think, hour think notice. You, I think people assume we plan these ahead, like weeks ahead of time, but it's like We're not Aaron. <laughs> Aaron called me, and while I was in the shower, and we were like, "Hey, yeah, let's do it." 
and uh oh what phrasing phrasing no 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 for it solitaire game (laughs) i was driving from work and i called danny he didn't answer the phone and danny called me back from his shower and i'm like you don't have to do that this is not that important. I was calling you. But it'd be rude not to call you back. Like, why would I call you back? But you, I don't get it. But you specifically mentioned that you were in the shower. You didn't. Well, just in I case, just in case, like you heard like some like sound, yeah. and you were just like, "Are you at like a waterfall? Are you at a river?" You could have washed your hands and bathed in your child. I don't care. Is there like a? Is there like a fountain? I just wanted you to know. Just you know, transparency. He messaged me. I'm like, I'm gonna need at least an extra half hour. In Why? Future, I'm at dinner with the wife. Like, in the future, if I call you and you and you answer and you're like, I'm taking a shit. I'm gonna hang up the phone. <laughs> I'm like, this is not. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Mm. It's not like we're FaceTiming. <laughs> we're just. We're just on the phone. You are straining. It's just, just voices. <laughs> no, no straining. Just <laughs> go eat a muffin. <laughs> I don't like muffins. The brand muffin. Uh, no, I don't really care for muffins. No, that's when you don't say you're taking a shit. You're saying you're taking an errand. So it's it's all right. Well, I thought it was going to be an M95 because it kicks like a mule. <laughs> that's after tacos. We didn't have that tonight. I'm taking a Mosin. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it up, Danny. Because yeah. the whole stuck. We're, we're way off the rails. Okay. The bolt suck. Already. The bolt suck. I'm constipated. The bolt suck. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, thanks. I was hoping somebody would get that. Yeah. get it on a table yeah. to open it up. Well, I don't know how that works. How do you do that? Yeah, you, gotta, you need somebody to come in and... and uh, okay. Bring him back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just it's thought like of another one of those... 1 a.m. here. ...really funny videos. <laughs> You do that, help me step, bro. I'm stuck, but it's a Mosin that can't open. <laughs> and you're just banging it on the table. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like 1 a.m. here. Oh help Alrighty. me step, bro. I can't get open. <laughs> Bam. Bam. We have left the rails. This is great. Cool. Just, That's all right. Cool. Thanks, everyone, yeah. for coming. Thanks all. Huh. All right. Love, love you guys. I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah. Oh, just stop recording. <laughs>